Blog Talk Radio. about Kane's Nation. So we're back. Kane Sport Live. So let's recap what's been going on since we last met. New man in town, Manny Diaz. He barnstorms Blake James's office minutes after Mark Rick's shocking retirement and walks out with the head coaching job. Steals an offensive coordinator from Nick Saban and Dan Enos turns his first team meeting into a WWE exhibition. Sends more tweets than Donald Trump. Declares ownership of the NCAA transfer portal. Reels in an impact safety from USC in Bubba Bolden from the transfer market. Lures another potential starting wide receiver, in a transfer from Buffalo, K.J. Osborne, snags a quarterback from Ohio State in Tate Martell. We'll see if he's able to play in 2019. He lures back Jeff Thomas, literally from the Illinois campus, <laughs> declares the program the new Miami. Have we missed anything? Maybe if we blinked, Miami won't play another game until September. So Manny Diaz is doing all that he can right now to try to make sure that the Canes win the offseason. Will the team be better in 2019 than what we saw at Yankee Stadium a few weeks ago? We don't know that yet. But all of the signs are very positive, including the recently released schedule that showed up looking very, very manageable. It's all plenty of cause to have a special edition of Kane Sport Live. So here we are tonight. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and I welcome you once again to Kane Sport Live, presented this year by Sicilian Oven, with six restaurants throughout the South Florida area. At Sicilian Oven, you'll not only love the taste, you will taste the love. As always, this is your show and it'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 563-999-3633. That's 563-999-3633. As always, you hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. We have over 100 open phone lines, plenty of room for everybody to call in, participate, listen. Um, we once again ask the subscribers at canesport.com 
to post the topics and questions that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show, and I will address those tonight as we move forward during the course of the show. But let's go right out to your calls. Like I said, so much to talk about, and let's begin tonight in the 845, where I think that's Greg. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, how you doing? Hey, Greg, how are you? Welcome, welcome back. I'm great. All right. I want to start out by saying when he first hired Diaz, I was, I was totally against it because they didn't do any search of any kind. But uh, since then, I guess I'm real thrilled with what he's doing. At least there's a lot of energy over there. Not like the end of Mark Rick's tenure. But anyway. yeah, there's a lot of energy and there's a lot of a lot of aggression, Greg. Now, you know where it all leads. We don't know. I, you know, we have no idea. But you know, what more can Manny Diaz do right now? If you think about it, uh, you know, he inherited a total mess, a, a program that was free falling. Let's be honest. Um, they still sit at number 42 in the recruiting rankings. Uh, you know, it, 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 you know, recruiting's basically done for this year. I mean, they're gonna. There's a decent chance they're gonna flip Bogle. There's a handful of other kids I think they're going to get. They're in on this new quarterback who presently is a two-star, um, you know, a guy that Dan Enos knew from before and, and, and likes and told him today, you're my guy. Um, but you're not going to see the recruiting ranking change drastically, I don't think. You know, maybe maybe it shoots into the 30s, you know, possibly. But um, so recruiting is going to be really one of the the, the greater – debacles, quite frankly, of, of anything we've seen in the recruiting arena uh, in many, 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 many a year. I can't remember anything like this. You know, I'm, maybe I'm misremembering something, but um, this is about as bad as, as you'll ever see Miami, you hope, right? And, and so what's he, what, you know, what's he going to do? Sit there and feel sorry for himself or get the job of his life and attack it with – as much aggression and zeal as he can. And, and that's what he's done. And I don't see how anybody can be unhappy with what he's doing. No one's going to like the result of recruiting this year, but that's not Manny's fault. Right. All right. I wanted to delve into this recruiting a little. Um, why do you think he didn't hire Cooney? That guy is a real asset in recruiting, especially in South Florida. I, Greg, when he, when he went, when Greg Enos, I mean Dan Enos rather, made made himself available to Manny Diaz, there 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 were negotiations that took place, and there were things that Manny had to do to close the deal. And and one of the things he had to agree to do is let Dan bring in a few guys that he's worked with in the past, that he's familiar with, that are familiar with his way of doing things, and I think that's what you saw happen. And uh, a lot of guys wanted that wide receiver job, not just Cooney. I mean, Lamar Thomas, Kevin Beard, Leonard Hankerson. Uh, you know, you could go d- down the list of, of guys with connections to the program or who are, in the case of Cooney, in the program now, who wanted to be the receiver coach here at Miami. And um, to get an offensive coordinator the level that you hope Enos is coming from Alabama with the, with a choice of Miami and Georgia – uh, Manny had to make some concessions, and one of those was that he would let Enos pick a couple of the staff members. Um, 
you know, Steve Field, I think, was a Manny choice uh, as the tight end coach, a guy that, that has shown a capability to recruit uh, through the years and um, should be a big asset in that department here at Miami. Um, but the other guys, the, the, the O-line coach and, and the, the, um, the running backs coach and, and um, you know, they were – and the receiver coach, they were Dan Eno's selections. And, you know, I, I think that you have to support that because that's what Manny had to do to get the deal done. Okay. The only downside I see with Enos is he's on the fast track because if he does well here, he's going to get a head coaching job and he's going to end up taking those coaches with him and he'll have to start over from scratch again on the no offensive doubt. side of the ball. No doubt, I mean, no doubt, Greg, but I, I don't think you, you, you can't be afraid of that at this point. Um, look, there were other names rumored for the job. Okay. Larry Fedora. He wasn't coming to Miami as the offensive coordinator. There was no way that was ever happening. Um, Major Applewhite just coming off a head coaching job at Houston, uh, a guy, you know, who figures to have other opportunities. He didn't figure for this job either. Okay. If you're going to hire somebody good, you can't be worried that they might rise to go get a better job because that's what you want them to do. Okay, if Enos becomes a hot property to become a head coach a year or two years down the road, that's going to be because he had success here, and you want him to have success here. So um, I, I think that this is about reality for the, for the best that Manny was going to be able to do in this hire, and I, I think it, it worked out great for him that he was able to get Enos, and, and I think he just got to ride it. And if, and if a couple guys leave and he, he gets a head coaching job and a couple other guys leave, then you're right. You're starting over again, but, you know, I think you got to be willing to, to take that chance. Okay. Now, as far as the South Florida kids, why, why wouldn't Diaz hire somebody in the back office like Dennis Moroquin from the Florida Fire? That guy's got more connections than anyone in South Florida. That guy knows everybody. I don't understand why he can't why would they hire somebody like that? Those are the kids you want to well, get, his kids. You know, it's it, it's not over yet, number one. You know, uh, they're, they're still adding. They added another guy t- today. We, we, we just put a story out on uh, right. on kingsport.com about a guy who's a, a veteran uh coach, coach who has a lot of experience in, in recruiting around the country, um, Todd Stroud. Uh, you could read his resume in in, in the story, but uh, you know he he's got a, a really nice background in a lot of different areas, and I think you're going to see him shape up as like an assistant to the head coach. But in terms of South Florida recruiting, you know, I'll say this: you don't have to have you don't have to have been a coach or been associated with a seven on seven team to recruit Dade County well for the university of Miami. Um, you know, the university of Miami with kids from South Florida uh, needs to be able to get those kids to come to school based on the program's merits. Those kids grow up wanting to play for Miami. Okay. Right now, Miami has been giving them an excuse not to come here. Okay. For many, many years now, way too many, Greg, 
Miami has to stop giving them an excuse to go somewhere else and has to get its own house in order. And then the coaches that are here, and this has been proven through history, will be able to recruit here. I mean, like, like a guy like Banda, who right now is, is probably the best local recruiter, he, he, he didn't coach down here, or, or he's just a, he's a good recruiter. He's got a good personality, and, and he can recruit locally. So uh, I think that's oversold. I don't think they need to do that. However, if the opportunity presents itself with the right guy, you know, like a Cooney, for example, who they brought in from Southridge, and who's, you know, who does have some of those same type of ties, um, I, I, you know, I know his brother certainly does, and 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 they've been around uh, those types of circles for for several years now. Um, if if the opportunity arises to add them to the team, then you know I think you explore that. But I don't think it's mandatory that Manny Diaz goes in that direction to recruit kids from South Florida. All right, my final point: Can we please not make Henry Gray the next Campbell, Job, Sertain, and Henderson, who plays this like a fiddle? I mean, <clears throat> this guy. I heard your interview with him the other day. There's not a chance he's coming to Miami. Not a zero percent. Sounds like your dogs agree with you. Sounds, sounds like sounds like the dogs agree. They don't like Henry Garrett Gray either. Man, you mentioned his name and they started going nuts. Look, I, I yeah, I interviewed him the other day, and you know he definitely has got a little Hollywood in him, no doubt. Um, but just remember one thing about that kid, and I'm not saying what he's going to do. I have no idea. But kids usually tend to gravitate to where they've always wanted to be, and uh, you know that kid committed to Miami early. He, I th- you know I think he. He wants to play at Miami, but there's no question that all the things that have happened here have allowed other schools to come in and kind of open his eyes a little bit. And it could go it could go either way. But uh, I mean, we're not going to stop covering him. He's one of the top recruits in South Florida this year, and Miami's going to be in there fighting, and and we're going to cover it. And whatever he does at the end, he does at the end. All right, thanks, Gary. Appreciate it. All right, Greg. Thank you as always for getting us started. All right, the number is 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out now to the 407. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hello. That's you. Who's hey, this? what's going on? This is Earl from Orlando. Hey, what's up, Earl? How you been, man? Uh, not too bad, not too bad. Um... Just a couple of things. I've been calling last couple of times, but uh, never really got a chance to speak. <laughs> so, All right. Well, uh, you got the you got the floor now. Tell us what's on your mind. A lot to talk about. Yeah, there is. It's a lot to talk about. Um, one one thing that I you know me I'm, I I think I think um I'm, I'm a I'm a diehard fan. I'm a you know a fan that doesn't um you know when when it, when it's good it's good when it's bad it's bad. I think it's you know, every fan on the face of this earth have gone through, or every team, not not just fans, have gone through the good times and the bad times. And that's what separates the real fans from the fake fans. Um, but honestly, I just think, you know, as Hurricanes, I, you know, I can only speak for us. Um, I think we have too many what I call fluffy fans. You know, we, uh, you know, we, we just, nothing makes us happy. 
You know, it's like it's, it's like sometimes it's ridiculous. You know, it's you know I think Manny Diaz, for example, I think Manny Diaz knows what he's doing. But we have these sideline coaches. We have a whole bunch of sideline coaches, sideline GMs, sideline everything that think you know they can make better decisions than he can. Or even Mark Rick when he was the coach, or even Al Golden. As as much as I didn't like Al Golden, you know whatever. <clears throat> I don't think any of us did. You know, they 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 the head coaches. You know, when they make a hire, they make a decision. They make a decision. And as fans, I think we just need to realize and just ride and die with it. I, so, for instance, um, another coach um, that I don't think that we expected what what, what he's been doing is um, uh, why well, I can't think of his name right now. Um, safety coach. Why well, I can't think of his name? Um, Banda. Uh, Banda. When he yep. was hired. When he came here, I, I don't think anybody was happy about Banda being our safety's coach. You know, um, Mike Rump, you know, nobody wanted him as our corner coach. He, yeah, he's not a great recruiter or whatever, blah, 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 but the DBs have been stepping up. The DBs have been playing. You know, that, that hasn't been our issue in my opinion. You know, so the Mac can coach. You know, so I think sometimes as fans we need to sit back, just relax, um, if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I mean, every program, even Alabama. Alabama at one point was not Alabama. That's why they got Nick Saban. All right? They weren't they, they weren't Alabama today because that's why they got Nick Saban. No know? doubt. So at one point, at one point they were down as well. You know, Florida State at one point was down. Florida at one point was down. It go every team goes through this. You know, every team. We're not. We're not. The, the University of Miami is not unique to this. To being down and 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 not you know, but at at one point, at some point, we're gonna be right back where we used to be, and I think I think it's gonna be sooner than later. I'm I, you know I think we say we said this when it was golden, we said this when it was Rick, and now we're saying it with Diaz. But the honest truth is, what we're seeing with Diaz, we didn't see with Golden. What we're seeing with Diaz, we didn't even see with with, uh, with Coach Rick. You know, I think the fire that he has, I think he's more, you know, he, he's, like you said, he's, he's t- um, tweeting more than, than Donald Trump. You know what I mean? So we, we, he's doing things that the average coach is not really out there doing. I like his swagger. I like what he's doing. I, for one, he was not my first choice. I would say that. But when he was hired, I never doubted him or anything like that. I didn't say, oh, why we got Diaz or why this. He wasn't my first choice. You know, but at right. the end of the day, it is what it is. But let me play devil. Let me play devil's advocate for one minute in defense of the fans. Okay. Go Look mm-hmm. at what, it, and and, I, and you're a Miami fan, so you're going to be able to relate to this. Look at what this mm-hmm. fan base has been through in the last twelve, thirteen. I've even I don't I've lost count already. Um, you know, 14 years. I mean, look at what mm-hmm. look at what this fan base has been through. And every time they've questioned what's been going on, they've been right. (laughs) Unfortunately, you know, it's like so it's really hard to not. I mean, Miami fans, really any fans are not sitting back and just, you know, waiting to see what happens. I mean, they're opinionated. They're 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 living it. They're feeling it. They're they're you know, it's it's part of their everyday lives. And certainly everybody that's on Kane Sport. And certainly everybody that's listening to this show tonight. I mean, it's part of their everyday life. I mean, a, a day doesn't go by that they don't think about the Miami Hurricanes. And I understand. When you, I, I, but Earl, when you put that ahead. together with what they've been through in the last 14 years, 
you know, what everybody collectively has been through together. I, I mean, man, they're anxious. Like, you know, they have no reason to assume everything's going to be okay because it's never been okay. You, you, you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but but I don't think um, – to me, what I'm saying is it's okay to, 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 to bring up the, the bad. You know, when, it, when it's bad, it's bad. But when you constantly, I mean, constantly being negative, ain't nobody trying to hear all that negativity. Well, I think right now people are pretty positive. I mean, people are pretty positive right now, Earl. I mean, I just just reeled off a whole list of things to be positive about. Man, trust me, man. Trust me. Trust me. You're going to find somebody that's a couple people that's going to come on this show, on on, on the show tonight, that's going to be negative. I'm sure Ross has Ross is working on his list right now. I'm sure. I'm sure okay. Ross is building that list. So it's like what I'm saying is, to some people, some fans, you can never make them happy. Never. They're never going to be happy. They're going to find something negative to talk about. They're never going to be happy. And I call them fluffy fans. They fluff, you know. Um, but uh, you know, um, I think another uh, thing that's been talked about is the recruiting. Um, it's true. It is very true that right now, as far as the um, the amount of recruits and the talent that we have, is not up to par of what we are used to. But I think what Manny is doing is he's making that up with this transfer thing. Um, there was a board. There was, there was a. Uh, I think there was a message um, on the site today um, in reference to um, hopefully that this is not a a, a, reg, a routine thing that he's doing. And I and I hope so too. I don't think that um, transfers is the route to go, but when you got former five stars and high, you know, top one hundred recruits wanting to come to the U, I'm taking them. You know? Yeah, it's and working out. Complaining. It's I, working it, out well this year because of the holes they have yeah. in recruiting. Exactly. I mean, and so I don't yeah. think that it's. I don't think it's going to be an every year thing. I think, and I think we're still recuperating from from the scholarships that we lost as well. You know, I think we still, I, I think we still dealing with that. So, well, no, um, you're not, you know, you're not recruit, you're not recuperating from the scholarships that were, were lost. You're recruiting from all the self-imposed extra probations that you've been through, with all the players who have failed and 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 everything else. Well, that's what I'm, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's what yeah. I, that's basically what I mean. Yeah, it has nothing to do yeah, with but, the NCAA. That has to do with you know inadequate management. <laughs> So are you saying that the NCAA never took any scholarships away from us? They did, but that's long. That's way in the rearview mirror now. It, what's been worse is what's happened since then. Like what? Because I'm confused now. I'm confused. Well, the the, yeah. the, 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 the the quality of the roster, the quality of the players that have that are that have been recruited, the the, the uh, inadequacies at at several key positions. Um, the well, yeah, the, the yeah. lack of proper evaluations to where you have large numbers of kids in a signing class never even making a contribution to the program. Yeah, but I think those that that also was years ago though. I don't well, think Rick had no. signed any play any players that Earl, were Earl, what you were. You're going to go into wrong. this next. Yeah. This is going to be the th- I think the, the the second the the third straight season that you're going into mm-hmm. a season with basically five or six serviceable offensive linemen that you, that, you, that you can even think about putting into a game. And when you do put them into a game, your offensive line is as average as can be. 
I mean, that's just not I good enough, man. I, I, no, I don't, I don't think that's recruiting. Um, if we what do you think it is? Of course year, it's recruiting. It, it, no, it's coaching. It's coaching. Because well, it's we both. It's more so coaching because if we go back to the last couple of recruiting cycles, we've had some some um, really some four star offensive line recruits now. It, it ain't it, it ain't like we haven't been recruiting some. Okay, but what if they line. weren't properly just, what if they just, weren't properly vetted, Earl? Let's say they weren't. Let's say they're four stars, but they weren't properly evaluated, and now they're on campus and they can't they can't remember the plays, for example. Exactly. That's and I'm not going to throw I'm not going to throw kids under the bus and mention names, but there's a few offensive linemen that are sitting there that that just that can't execute the playbook, or at least haven't been coaching. in the past. Well, it might be it, it there it might be a lot of coaching, but I'm just saying there's a lot of things that go into what's happening right now at the U, and mm-hmm. um, not too many of them anymore have anything to do with the NCAA. That's what I'm saying. Well, I agree, but it doesn't just. But what I'm saying is, whether it's self-imposed uh, uh, um, sanctions or NCAA sanctions, it takes. It doesn't take one year to recuperate from that. That that's the reason why they do that is because it cripples you. That's the reason why they. That, that's why you get those sanctions because it's it's not going to be easy to recuperate. No, Even after it, it's when, when we when, uh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say, no, it's not going to be easy, and it's especially not going to be easy if you're not doing a good job with everything. Yes, if you're not doing a good job coaching. I think most people here can agree. Coaching, recruiting, developing, strength training, everything. Okay, Okay, do this for me. Do this for me, um, Gary. I'll even throw another category out for you, Earl. How about coaching the mind? Uh A, A lot of coaches out there now will tell you that one of the most important things they do is psychology. I agree. Yeah, I agree. We got a lot of, you know, I'm not going to, just like you, I'm not, I don't want to um, uh, badmouth the team or the players on the team, but at the, but at the same time, but at the same token, I do think we have a lot of players on the team, just like, um, what's that recruit, um, that wide receiver that went, ended up going to, um, Jeff um, Thomas. Ended up going to, Oklahoma, no, no, ended up going to Oklahoma. Um, what was that he said? Oh, um, that, um, Hazelwood, Hazelwood. Hey, yeah, yeah. So, and, and he's totally right, you know. But that I think that was a that, I think that was a, a a byproduct of the head coach, you know. I think that's what that was. The, the players not caring when they lose or whatever. I think that's a byproduct of the head coach managing. It all is, is it all got away from Mark Rick this year. This year, Earl, it all got away from him. Yeah. Every bit, everything. I, I, I and I I spoke about this weekly on the show. I have never seen a worse head coaching year in my entire career in sports, I, I, you know, and, and it's a long career now. And, and I have never seen any, even, like, even under golden, he, they, golden never had it. Golden was not successful because he was stubborn with D'Onofrio. Okay. But he wasn't just, he didn't like totally lose it like this, like this. I mean, I mean, Mark Rick really lost it this year. I don't know what happened. I don't know why, but everything got away from him this year. And he, the, the good thing is, and I give that man a lot of credit, and he's as honorable as any human being any of us will ever come across. He felt it. He knew it. And he knew to walk away. And he left $20 million on the table doing it. I mean, who does that? $20 million. Yeah. But he knew. He knew it was get, it had gotten away from him. 
and he knew there was no recovering from that this year. There wasn't. Mark, uh, Mark, there's Mark Rick, that, that was so ridiculous that there is no way he would have ever been able to recover from this, I don't think. So I think he did the right thing. Yeah, think, and the I, fact that he left $20 million on the table and he didn't saddle the university with all kinds of debt, I mean, yeah, my God, man, I, I don't think any of us will ever see anybody behave that. more yeah. honorably than Mark Rick did in, in exiting. I totally agree. Now, let me ask you a question about this um, um, uh, this quarterback, Matatro, I think his name is. Um, yeah, came out of you, nowhere. Do you think – yeah, but do, my question is, now you're talking about us um, doing a poor job of recruiting. Do you think that he's a Miami caliber type quarterback? Don't know. I, I mean, his film looks okay. Uh, you know, I I, I keep inquiring. I've been trying to make inquiries as to why he's a two star I mean, instead of say a three star. And uh-huh. but when you turn on his tape, his tape looks okay. He's a six four kid. Uh, right now you're not going to get a five-star guy who's a franchise quarterback at this, at this point of recruiting. So they're evaluating the few kids that are left out there. And, and this is the guy that Dan Enos has, has decided is his guy and they're going for it. I mean, they're beating, they, they have to beat Tulane Earl. Okay. I mean, you're not, this is not, you know what I'm saying? And you know, you're not. You, there's just there aren't any elite quarterbacks out there to recruit. I mean, they they took their best shot with Jalen Hurts. You've got Martell from Ohio State, who's now on the roster, and now they're gonna you know recruit this kid and give him an opportunity to go to the University of Miami. And yeah, is what, he, what about what about that Legrand kid though? When we recruiting Legrand as well? They it looks to it looks to us. Yeah, they're recruiting him too, but it looks to us like they want this kid more. Okay. Because they're trying to get him to they they want him to visit. He's going to probably visit this weekend, and they're going to want to know where they stand with him. Because if not, yeah, they do need to probably go grab try to grab that other kid. But they're recruiting both of them. And but one final thought, one more final thought. This is the reason why I I think that um, yes, we do. You know, I I don't want to say that recruiting or, or or the star rankings is not important. I don't want to say that because I think it is. Um, but at the same time, at the same token, I think we put too much emphasis on it sometimes because when you look at teams who have been successful, who are not top 10 um, recruiting teams, UCF, for example, um, what is it? Is it coaching? So to me, that it, it's got to be coaching. You know, it can't just be all the time that it's, it's just we got to get all these five-star recruits and, you know, who a lot of times don't pan out. Look at all the five-star receivers that Florida State has had over the years and what they've been mm-hmm. doing. Or even, you know, five-star recruits that they've been getting over the years and what they've been doing. You know, so sometimes, so at the same token, so now we have this two, two three-star uh, uh, quarterback and Dan Anos, who is, who I would argue is, knows what he's doing, but would prefer him over this LeGrand kid who's actually like a four-star, I believe, correct? So what does that tell you? So does that tell you uh, uh, Dan Enos does not know what he's doing? No, that, well, know, like the first fans, thing it tells me is this fans, kid might some be misranked. Some fans misranked. are going to say that. <laughs> yes, and some fans are going to say that. Some fans are going to say, why he going after this two-star and not after this four-star? I guarantee you it. There's going to be somebody that's going to say that. Why is he going after this two-star and not this four-star LeGrand from Louisiana? You know? Um, so maybe, hey, I don't know. Um, I think Dan Enos, I think he knows what he's doing. And I'm going to trust that he knows what he's doing. 
like I said from the beginning, I'm one of those fans. Maybe I'm I'm naive. I've been I've been proven wrong, like you said a lot of times. I mean, you didn't necessarily say it, but I've been proven wrong because we've been disappointed for about 15 years now. You know, so um, but at the same time, I'm gonna keep being. I'm gonna keep my head up, man. I'm not gonna. I, I can't just keep talking negative and negative and negative. Um, and I'm gonna trust what these coaches are doing. You know, and eventually, <coughs> excuse me. Eventually, it's gonna pay off. I think it's gonna pay off. Hopefully, within the next couple of years, it pays off. We'll see. All right, Earl. Well, thank you for being part of the show, man. We appreciate it as always. All right. Keep, all right, keep, keep you on hold. I will. Always. Thanks, Earl. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out to the 305. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, how you doing? Hey, Schmira, right? That's me, Gary. How you doing, man? Long I'm doing time good, no doing good. I know. How you been? What do you got? Talk to us. What do you think? Oh, well, you know. You listen, I'm still not sold until I actually see us winning some games. But, you know, I think it's the right direction. I'm not sold on Manny Diaz yet, so, but I, I like what he's doing. My main question would be, if you, let's forget about this year, because I think we've already established that this is probably one of uh, the biggest uh, failures you've ever seen by a head coach that just kind of just lost his, his way. But if you go back two years ago, how would you compare – and let's, let's for instance, just say uh, Martell um, is eligible to play. Because let's not kind of think if he's not eligible because then I think we automatically have a few games uh, uh, lost – a few extra losses on our schedule. But um, where would you rank our roster and how good do you think we could be with decent coaching? Well, I, I think if you look at the schedule – and the coaching gets I mean, the upgraded. A freaking joke, by the, way. the schedule is yeah, a joke, I mean, by the way. And absolutely, it's a, it's 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 uh, it's disgusting. And as a big time Hurricane fan, that's been a fan for three decades plus, it's it's atrocious, if you ask me. Yeah, it's not great. But, so you know, when you factor the schedule in, yeah, and you assume you assume an upgrade, then there's no reason to believe that this team can't win the coastal next year. Right. I mean, just if where would you, what would your mindset have been three weeks ago, or pre, or right after the bowl game, if Mark Richt was a coach, what would your answer have been to that? I'm just kind of just getting an evaluation. You you talking in terms of, you mean if none of these if moves Mark have been made, or, or the same move? Still the coach. Yep. No. 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 Do without the move. Mark Rick was still the same coach. He was kind of want to be stubborn. Didn't want to. Uh, didn't want to hire anyone else. Manny Diaz leaves. So where we were the position right after Manny Diaz left, what would you, your evaluation have been then? It wouldn't be Seven, the same. Eight, sure. Yeah. It would. Yeah. Okay. All right. No, no. I, 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 no, I'm agreeing with you. I know I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, I, I mean, I can tell you this, this program was in for a major issue with Mark Rick. Thank goodness he had the, the kindness or whatever it might be just to, to walk away. I mean, cause yeah, that's we what I, be that, that, that's what I just said. Way, I mean, I he does not, re, he does not, he yeah. couldn't recover from this. There's no way. No, it would have been five years. He would have 
because they would have forced him to make changes, if not this year, next year, and it wouldn't have worked. And then they would have fired him in two years. And then that's another two awful recruiting classes. So you're talking about a five-year rebuild. From, right. From, from if every year that he would have kept the job would have been an extra two or three years of a rebuild. So thank right. so goodness then. that he just left. And, you know, time will tell, you know, what recruiting is going to be like in the next cycle. But at least you're going into it, and it really starts right now. At least you're going into it with a whole different um, sort of mindset and atmosphere around the program. It's not it's not a doom and gloom atmosphere like it would have been had all the things that happened not happened. Right. Actually, you will like this story. I was at a uh, conference. And uh, Nick Saban happened. This was yesterday, or actually, I'm leaving there now. Oh, I heard, I heard but, about uh, that. He was, Nick, he was the speaker, huh? Well, you heard about it? I heard, I heard about it. Yeah, I didn't hear, I didn't hear all the details of his speech, but I heard he was in Miami at and speaking at this yeah, uh, conference. Was, well, I'm actually, I'm actually leaving there right now. And uh, so, you know, all, all it was a trial attorney's. Uh, I'm not an attorney, or whatever, but uh, it was a trial attorney's a conference, and everyone had a little chance to speak to him. And I brought up two things to him when I had, like, you know, just a, a minute or two. I brought up Amari Cooper, how he got him, and he gave a little smirk. And I go, Nick, I go, I bet you're really happy Mario Cristobal didn't get that job. And you should have seen the smirk at the, you know, the, the job in Miami. And you should have seen the smirk he put on his face. So <laughs> I thought that you would find that very funny. Yeah, no, and, and, you know, and, 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 and I could tell you it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a legitimate smirk. Like, you know, yeah, like, oh, yeah. you know, but but now it, but Manny Diaz got the job and now it's up to Manny to have the same result. That's all. No, I, no, I know. It's just funny. I mean, I know that, well, you know, the both of us have been big, uh, you know, and I don't know about you as much, but I've been, you know, kind of a Cristobal advocate for a while. And I think that he was primed for the job, but that's for another day. But it's funny how Saban just kind of smirked that one off a little bit when I uh, brought that up. Uh, it's, it's funny that he, it's funny that he that he felt comfortable enough to give you that reaction. Oh no, I mean he didn't. I mean, I, yes, it was it was definitely a smirk, and he is the same way in person as he's as, as intense, and you know he's he that guy has has one path, and it, by the way, that whatever it is, the futures bets on take Bama next year because they will win it. That guy is determined to win next year, obviously, yeah. like you always would be. That guy is. It's very hard um, to do it two years in a row. Very hard. Very hard. Well, yeah. Um, now, how about um, now? Why aren't the and then you know obviously Diaz is uh, going with this portal. How come he's not actually going for any offensive linemen? Which, if you ask me, would be our biggest lack of position that we would need would be an offensive lineman. No. Well, they they grabbed or Tommy Kennedy. You're right. You're right. Well, I mean, so, I mean, but, I mean, so, I, right, but, but, so and think many, about this, Shmira, think about this for a minute. Time out. Okay. If you're going to bring mm-hmm. in a grad transfer, you're, you're bringing them in to start. Okay. They're not coming in to be a, yes. yeah, they're not coming in to be a backup. Okay. Right. They're coming into, they're coming in to either play a lot, like say like Tito Odenigbo did this year, or they're coming in to start. Okay. So now your starting five is set on the offensive line. You know, you're probably going to have Scaife. I would think at the left tackle. Yeah, I, I'm expecting okay. Hillary. I'm expecting Hillary to be the left guard. I'm expecting Gainer to be the center. Has he ever? Has he started a game before Hillary? And you're already penciling him no. in. No. Well, who? Yeah, okay. somebody's gonna have to. Somebody has to play guard. 
I, I think he's going to be oh, the one that's going to that's going to emerge. This is just my opinion at this point. Okay. okay. No, I, I like your opinion. Okay. Yeah, and I think you're going to have Donaldson at right guard, and I think you you know you're going to have Kennedy at right tackle. So if that's the case, you can't bring in another grad transfer because they're not coming in to sit on the bench. So you got to well, develop I mean, the younger. You, you, you got to develop those other guys. I mean, I don't know if you can necessarily tell me you can't sell to a grad, grad transfer that you can't beat out either Scaife or or uh, uh, whoever they got that the guy that you just named that I had an issue with. You can't tell me that they they can't have a potential to potentially beat them out. Yeah, well, but they're, 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 they're not interested no, I, in potential. You know, they're, they're interested in right. in you know more than potential. So, and you know they. You also still owe it to yourself to, to develop your young players also. So you, right. you can't overdo it. You can't overdo it with transfers. That's true. That's true. I got, I got no issue with that. Hey, listen, Miami, you know, for, for being where they were after that bowl game to where we stand today has at least become a little bit more relevant. At least the pendulum is at least going in the right direction. I mean, yes. sure, I'll renew my season tickets. Do I think it's the worst home schedule I've ever seen? Yes, but what is it? What can you do? You got to take yeah. your good with your bad. I mean, home, yeah, right? I mean, you, you, look, you're not going to go and go toe to toe with Clemson next week. Let's put it that way. Um, but it is moving, in the, but it's moving in the right direction. Yeah. Last question. Do you think? I mean, I don't know if you brought this up before, but do you think that the quarterback Martell does he have it? What is his? Right. I mean, does he have a chance to become eligible next year? Because if he's not, I mean, we got a major issue. I, you know, yeah, I don't know. You know, <laughs> obviously he he thinks he's got a shot. I mean, he, he's going to try to make a case that he was lied to at Ohio State, and that the the re, and you know that was why he stayed there this past year. And, and uh, yeah. that's going to that's going to be the argument he's going to make. Now, whether it's going to work, I don't know. I, I I I'm skeptical just because I can't imagine the NCAA is going to open up a can of worms like that, but you know, maybe right. they will. Yeah. Who, who would be, if you, if he, let's just say he is not eligible to play as here. Who is your, who do you think will start? Um, Jaren if I had to make a bet, it would be Jaron Williams, but you know, I think right. Jaron Williams, you know, has a chance to rise above Nicosi and, and, you know, and impress Danny knows, and but he's got to do all the right things. He can't be the the screw up that he was this year. You know, I mean, not a, right. he just he just can't. Nikosi Perry, I'll be shocked if he ever takes a start as a as a starter again. I'll be shocked, but whatever. We'll play that out. All right, Gary, it's good uh, speaking to you. Thank you for doing the show. I think that was needed because uh, there was a lot of stuff going on, and I appreciate what's going on. Yep, you do for us that case. I appreciate it, Gary. Thanks, Myra. Appreciate you too. All right, we'll have a good one. Yep. Take care. Bye bye. All right. All right. Always a good call, man. Could you imagine? You know, I heard about that Nick Saban speech to the local trial lawyers association, or whatever it was. Um, I mean, the guy comes down here on recruiting trips and gets speaking engagements in between school visits and home visits. It's just, it's, it's just, it's crazy, crazy to watch. But uh, yeah, I believe he smirked when Smyra asked him that question. Cause I know for a fact that uh, there was a lot of conversation up there in Tuscaloosa, not just in the last you know month or so, 
but in past years about what kind of battle it would become if uh, Miami got itself in gear here. And uh, obviously Nick Saban has a lot of respect for Cristobal because, he, you know, Cristobal came up there and worked for him and did an amazing job and was the best recruiter in the country in the time that he was at Alabama. And a lot of people will say, oh, anybody can recruit at Bama. No, it's not, it's not as easy as that. And, um, you know, we're seeing that the guy do a good job at Oregon too. But um, look, this is Manny Diaz's show right now. And he's attacking it with as much um, furor as a human being can. And he's got a flair for marketing. He's using social media, doing everything he can do to turn the perceptions of Miami around while he waits for the opportunity to really start from scratch and with the 2020 recruiting, because right now they're just trying to pull together what they can. And I think it was a good move to go the transfer route because that'll basically put a bandaid on it for this season. And then they can go work hard on the 2020 class. All right. Five, six, three, nine, 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 three, six, three, three, five, six, three, nine, nine, nine. 3633 is the number. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out to the 305 again. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How are you? Hey, what's up, Adam? How are you? Good. Uh, quick basketball question. Is there any chance in Hades that we see Dewan Hernandez this year or ever Don't again so. in a UM uniform? Well, that is a better question, Adam. I, I think it's getting pretty obvious that he's not getting reinstated this year. I mean, it would be a shocker if he did. But the second half of that's a better question. What does he do next? And I personally think if he's smart, he comes back and plays next year. If he comes back, he, he'll have a choice. He can turn pro and go to Europe and make some money, no, no argument. Or he could stay – and work on his game, try to get better, keep building his skills, and they can have a pretty darn good team next year if he comes back. And that'll help him because it, there'll be more eyeballs on him. And, and take his shot and see if he doesn't have to go to Europe. That's what I would say to him if, if, if I were counseling him. But lots of no. times kids, they, they just want to make the quick buck, and he could definitely go to Europe and make some money. Okay. I mean, because it's unfortunate because he would have been the probably the centerpiece of this year's team, and maybe we'd be doing better than we actually are. Oh, there's no question. In the lineup. There's no question. You'd have several more wins right now yeah. if he was there. Yeah. You're losing almost every game. You're lo- you're losing because you're too you're shorthanded. Yeah. I mean, I watched the UNC game with Buzuku couldn't make a shot within three feet. It was. How can he was missing bunnies the entire game? Talking and about Zindu? Yeah, Zindu. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. He's he's actually pretty good on those shots. He had a, he 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 had a, a rough game against Carolina, but he's he's yeah. he's really done a great job improving his game. Uh, okay. Um, now switching back to football, do you see that we actually have a really a real shot with either Bogle or Williams, or do you think they're just giving us lip service? And trying to get I, a free trip I, down to Miami. No, I think they have a good shot with both those kids. So you don't think uh, it's like I one think, of those lip service? Look, look, Bogle, let's start with Bogle, okay? That kid yeah. is not an SEC defensive end. He's skinny as hell. He's a finesse defensive end. 
he can get by with it in the ACC. Different type of football game. Um, mm-hmm. I I don't see him playing at Bama. He can go up there and and you know pound his chest that that I'm uh, an Alabama Crimson Tide, but I don't see him playing there. That's my personal opinion. Don't know if, mm-hmm. obviously if I'm right or wrong, but that's the way I see it. He's not an SEC defense man. Okay. That said, uh, you know, he also has to look at who at the other guys that Bama gets and, and, and how he stacks up against them. And uh, I think the best option for Chris Vogel is to come to Miami. I, I'll be very surprised if he doesn't, if he doesn't flip. Now the other kid, Bama has five DBs who have already signed. You know, so what's, what's this kid? This kid's going to be number six. Uh, also, kind of a skinny kid. Uh, I'm not sure that he's a um, a Bama level guy. A very good, very good player, very good athlete. Um, but I think he fits better at Miami too. I think there's a decent chance when they look at the numbers with this new coaching staff coming in that they decide that those five DBs are enough and that this kid is free. They they don't seem to be putting up a, a big fuss that he was taking visits. Let's put it that way. So, uh, yeah, I think there's a very good chance that he, he switches and comes to Miami. Oh, okay. Um, do you see – and a couple other recruiting questions. Do you see us taking three quarterbacks this cycle with the kid from Texas, uh, Legree, and then Martel? No, I would say two. I think, I think, I okay. think they take one – you know, they take one more. Okay. Because I All right, Adam. Yeah, and um, there were a couple other questions. Um, Headley is all squared away to be our punter, right? Fiegel's transferred? Yes. Fiegel's is gone. Headley's already said he's still coming, so yes. Okay. So, and then um, two things. Um, have you ever seen anything as weird as the whole Jeff Thomas situation in, like, no. all of your years? <laughs> well, I'm sure I have, but I it was can't. weird. Yeah, I mean – in all my years of watching UM or hearing anything, I've never seen um, anything that weird. And um, my final thing Well, what is I want to know, Adam, is what, I want to know what happened at Illinois because, you know, yeah. he, gets, he, he decides I'm going to Illinois, flat out <laughs> said he's going to Illinois, gets in the car, drives to Illinois, gets on campus, and something happened that inspired him to suddenly turn on a dime – and change his mind and say, I'm going back to Miami. So I don't know if they were having trouble admitting him or, or what happened up there. You know, that's something we're going to have to ask him when we get a chance to. Um, but, yeah, he just, like, uh, turned on a dime and turned around and went back and decided I'm going back to Miami. So, obviously great, you know, as long as he comes down and flies straight. It, it, you know, he's going to help the team next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, you're right, Adam. Very, very, very weird. Okay. And last thing, um, what's the deal with Tim Hill and Jalen Phillips, or the and the other D tackle out of UCLA? Those, they, right now, to the best that we can tell, those were bad Twitter creations, rumors, whatever you want to call them. Um, we do not believe at the moment that either kid is being recruited by Miami. Oh, okay, because Bruce Feldman reported about Phillips. I saw that. I saw that, and I don't, you know, it made me do a double take. But uh, 
There was something else that, that yeah. Bruce Feldman reported the other day that, that I didn't think was right also. Um, okay. Trying to remember what it, what it was, but, you know, he, he, he might be reacting to the same rumors. If I mean, it, we have yeah. no evidence that that kid, other than the fact that those guys were playing around on Twitter, the, yeah. there is no evidence that that kid is visiting this weekend. There's no evidence that he's considering Miami. The people I talk to on the West Coast tell me he's probably going to USC. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but I saw the tw- I saw the tweets. I saw the tweets and everything yeah. like everybody else. But that's the best information that we at Kane Sport have right now. Is that okay? He is not really a ser- seriously in the picture at Miami. Uh, okay, because I, I'm saying if he was, he would be another huge ad. Because these are four-star, five-star players. Yeah, but that kid's—I um, don't—I don't know the whole history, but there's been a lot going on there. Um, I didn't really memorize the whole history, but uh, if okay. you go do—if you go do a little research, Adam, I think you'll see that that kid's got a—he's—he's he's got a lot of baggage. He's uh, toting with him, you know. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks All for right. taking my call, Gary. Have a great. All right. Position. Thanks for calling in as always. Talk to you next okay. time. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit one on your keypad if you would like to come on the show. Let's go now to the 757. You are live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Oh, I just can't, Kane. I'm going to make this quick. Hey, Gary. Hey, Kane. You know how are you, buddy? You might hate me after this, but hell, just deal with it. How come you always... Two weeks, three weeks ago, whenever you had the show, you always talk bad about our players every now and then. Now, let me finish. Homer can play at Clemson. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Homer can't play at Clemson. Homer wouldn't be able to do nothing in Alabama. Why you got to talk bad about our own players? You're worse than the damn fans, man. Homer could play anywhere. Uh, I'm, I'm, speaking, I'm, speaking on, I'm speaking honestly. No, that's not honest. Bro. Do you think Homer Travis Homer would play man. in Alabama? You said Clemson and Alabama. The running back Clemson got out. He could play it anywhere, man. You give them boys more props than you give us. Do you That's think sad. he's better than but, that kid at Clemson? I don't know. Damn, why is just as good as the kid at Clemson? Homer no. got skills, man. But I'm just saying, you talk about I totally agree Homer has skills. I wish Homer had come back minute, for a senior year. I didn't say Homer didn't have skills. No, but I didn't say he didn't have skills. play for him. He would not play in Alabama. He'd probably be the fourth or fifth okay. back at Bama. Fourth or fifth back? How many? Okay, what Correct. about Clemson? You keep saying Alabama. What about Clemson? Clemson, I'm not, I'm not as familiar with Clemson, what they have behind the, um, the, 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 their starter. So I can't really comment okay. on Clemson. And, and, right, I, well, did, and I was out. not commenting. Kane Kane, I was not commenting on Clemson. I'm not okay. as familiar okay. with their roster. Okay, boy, my man, you know, my man Charles on the other side, he listening. He know what you said. We know what you said. I just couldn't get in touch. Whatever. I absolutely like said that say, about Alabama. I'm going to tell you like you tell us. Stop talking bad about the players, and we'll stop talking bad about them. Wow. Damn how like how is said, that talking bad about Why? why wait, time out, man. Why would I talk show. bad? Whoa, wait a minute. Why would I talk bad about Travis Homer? Travis Homer is a high-quality kid. He came into this program Boy, and, 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 and gave the way Kane Kane. He gave this program every single ounce <laughs> that he had. Okay. Why would I, why would I say anything bad about Travis Homer? That does not me, mean that he would play at Alabama. True. He's not as good as the kids true. that are at Alabama. 
He's not as good as the kids at Alabama. Okay. Okay. All right, he's not as good as the kids at Clemson. You you done made several remarks before. People don't Stop call you out. Clemson. Call you I out. didn't comment on Clemson. <laughs> you can hate me. Game came. Is, you said this is, oh my you said God. This is the show for the people. This is the show it for is. the people. It is. Go. Speak but mind. speak accurately. Okay. I don't, I, I don't, okay, I'm not disputing that I said what Please I said. I agree with you. Please let somebody else hear me out there. Please let somebody else hear me and back me up on this. But it's all good. But other than that. I didn't say Clemson because I, I don't know who Clemson has behind um, the starting running back. And I'm forgetting his name right now. At, I think it's Etienne or something. But, but um. I don't I don't know who they have behind him, but that kid is better than Travis Homer and I don't and I'm not ashamed to say that. And I think Travis okay. Homer is very good. Okay. Well on that note I ain't got too much more. What else? Glad That's all you called good. in for? You don't oh, yeah, you don't I have anything else? Because I couldn't get it. I couldn't get in on the other stuff. Oh, I will say this. That proto or whatever that quarterback stuff is, let me tell you something. I ain't got no problem with Mate Martell, Patel, whoever, but I can tell you this. You said the best thing you said in four years I've been talking. I can't see the NCAA open up a can of worms. Justin Fields is the leader of the pack. If they let Justin Fields go, then I think they'll open up the can of worms. But it's just too much with that because Justin Fields leaving because of whatever reason. Okay, your boy yeah, you Martell and all you these players. You can't just go have ahead. kids just leave. You can't have kids just leaving schools. And becoming immediately eligible. I yeah, I, 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 I'd be, I I'd be shocked. I agree with you there. Yeah. I agree with you. Like we got the guy Austin. He put in for a waiver too, right? The running back from Auburn or something like that. I think he put in um a waiver, but and they ain't gonna pass that because people gonna say, well, the coaches can do what they want. Well, I can't do what I want at Costco. My manager, they get sick, they get light, they get unlimited sickness. We get six months. So hell, it is what it is. Life goes on. Quarterback battle would be good. Offensive line would be good. Defense look great. Hey, just do what we got to do, and everybody have a great. Whatever's cold in Virginia, hell, everybody have a good spring. Do you know when spring ball supposed to start? Anybody got any timeline on? Uh, we don't have a date yet. Yeah, we haven't we haven't gotten that yet. Okay, well, hey, I ain't gonna hold you up no more. I had to get you for that though. But other than that, ten four, Godspeed, everybody be free. I'm out. <laughs> All right, Kane, Kane, thanks for calling in. I, I mean, I love Travis Homer. Who doesn't love Travis Homer? He's a great, great hurricane. But does that mean that he's the best back in the country? No. There are teams that had better running backs than Travis Homer. And Alabama happened to be the one we were talking about on the last show. And I totally stand by that. I think Alabama's got at least three running backs that are better than Travis Homer. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 916. You're live on Kane Sport Live. You there? 916, going once, going twice. All right, next time. Let's go to the 678. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, what's going on? Doing great. Who's this? This Kane's Junkie. Can you hear me? Hey, what's up, Junkie? All right, nothing, man. Um, I, I have a few things, man. Like um, what Earl was talking about, I want to piggyback off that, but in a different way. Uh, <clears throat> when he was saying like the fans, like we're like he was saying what puff, whatever he called, like another name for fans, where the fans or whatever. But what we are, though, I don't know about that. I mean, that was his argument. I can agree with some of what he was saying, but what I 
we, our fan base, are hypocrites because to explain to me why we hate Al Golden, but we want to give Mark Rick all this, let him retire in peace. Explain to me how Mark Rick was better than Al Golden without being just football related, without saying, oh, because he walked away. Explain to me how. Oh, you said, because first you said, oh, Al Golden, we don't like him because he was, well, his demise was his stubbornness to keep his D coordinator. Well, wouldn't Mark Rick's stubbornness be to keep his son and himself as his old court? It's just a role reversal. It's flat. Fewer years. We like Rick, but we hate Golden. Just well, I will. I will. I will. If you, if you, let, let me answer. Okay. Al Golden didn't win 15 straight games like Mark Rick did. Okay. And that's, that's oh the big God. difference. You know, uh, really? Rick, you know, let's not, I know, I know it's been a long time and because of everything oh that happened this God, year, okay. it's been forgotten, but he did win 15 straight games in the middle there. What? And that's why. That's why he that? had a more favorable public opinion. Oh, my God. He lost eight straight. Al Golden didn't lose eight straight. No, no. But Junkie, uh-huh. he won f- but, in the middle. In the middle, he won 15 games in a row. Between oh, the middle of the season. we love Rick. Really? Well, Mar- Al Golden never did that. Other than that, you're right. They recruited. They recruited about the same. Oh my no! Oh, Al Golden actually out recruited Mark Rick, and he was actually in the midst of the sanction without the name. Mark Rick brought a lot of clout from what he had done years ago, but Mark Rick, okay, he had the 18 class, but we had heavy misses that we're gonna suffer from. But at the same time, Al Golden had the players that Mark Rick won 15 straight with. I want you to explain to me how we love – well, we don't love Mark Rick. I, I mean, I feel this, I feel Golden was a better coach than Mark Rick for Miami because the things he had to go through, Mark Rick should have breathed – like Mark Rick should have walked in and they been way better than he was. But we hate Al Golden, and we get, we can talk about D'Onofrio all day, and it's okay, but the minute we get on Mark Rick, oh, we got to let him go out of style because he's this, because he got us the IPL built, right? Well, that was a pretty good accomplishment. Okay. All right. My, my you you wouldn't have is, that I you wouldn't have that IPF but if Al Golden had remained many, coach. We got five championships and we didn't have an IPF. So if that's Mark Rick's biggest accomplishment, he in the same boat with Golden and D'Onofrio. I'm sorry. He may be even worse because well he may be okay. Well Al Golden hired good old, co- old offensive coaches. So I mean Mark Rick did bring us Manny Diaz. And what what Manny Diaz, we should be calling Manny Diaz Jesus Diaz or Manny Price. Because, look, and I don't want to offend nobody, but think about Manny Diaz now. The pinstripe ball, we were done. Remember remember the call we had when I was asking you to explain to me why are we going to be a winning team next year? And we couldn't think of anything. You was like, don't be so doom and gloom. We were done. Like, Miami was a done program. And mm-hmm. we're not – but think about what Manny Diaz was able to do. 
Like, Mark Rick didn't even recruit a quarterback this year. But Manny Diaz already got, like, five quarterbacks that we could potentially take, what, two, maybe three. No, new they, don't have, they, they, don't, they don't have five, we'll Junkie. They got, they, they got one in, in the no. fold in Martell, and, and they're going to try to get one of these other two kids to come to. I'm saying recruiting-wise, we recruited, what, five quarterbacks in just three mm-hmm. weeks. Yeah. The the Plum the Plumley kid from who was committed to Georgia, the Legrand kid, the, yep. um we got Martell, we got uh, we went out to Jalen Hurst, uh yep. uh Hurst, and then the the kid now. And then the walk on kid. That's six quarterbacks in three weeks. Yeah, well it helped a little bit that you hired an offensive coordinator that was a quarterback's coach at Bama and had been evaluating quarterbacks all year. Right, right, right. And so what many what many Diaz fans I mean we we want to talk about Mario and 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 I, to me I just honestly I just don't see how the hype is with Mario I mean because he's he's big I mean we have a Napoleon complex oh he's so big no I mean oh, listen we can we can, he's a badass because he's big there's no shame in giving him credit for you know his development through well, his career and the what? and the well, the moves he just the moves he's made, the education he's given himself. I mean, he he's proven himself as a recruiter. He's won the national recruiter of the year award. He was uh, voted the offensive line, line coach James of the year Coley another year at Florida State, right? Huh? Didn't James Coley win that award when he was at Florida State? I don't know if he ever won it, but he's always been known as one of the better recruiters at Florida State, though. Correct. He wasn't on that list at Miami. Okay. No. My next thing is with Diaz, Manny Diaz, like, okay, I get the Mario. I, I get that. Okay, I get that we 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 infatuated with Mario because we feel like he was a – but Nick Saban, think about how many Nick Saban uh, students beat him. So we hired Mario. Think about how many, how many Nick Saban students actually beat him when they go head-to-head. You know that record? I don't know the record, but – what they do is they go to another program and they they take his they take his way of doing things and his program with them. Like what Mario Cristobal is doing at at Oregon right now, he's replicating Alabama. Okay, but you know Alabama how they how they practice, how they train, uh, how they handle their players, how they recruit. I mean, he's replicating Alabama out at Oregon. Same thing with uh, Kirby Smart at Georgia. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Jeremy Pruitt. At, ten- at Tennessee to a lesser degree. You know, these guys, they go, they spend a year at Bama, they learn the, the winning edge, so to speak, and the little nuances of what Nick Saban does that makes them so successful, and then they go try to do it themselves. Oh, um, like, uh, like the, the old coordinator who went to Florida? McElwain? Yeah. yeah, he didn't. Yeah, he 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 didn't do so well, did he? <laughs> hey, you, you know what? Nobody, nobody said nobody said you're guaranteed, junkie. There's no guarantees out there. I think Manny Diaz is the badass, and the reason I'm saying that is not just because he our coach. Okay, I get that. We, uh, I, I'm sometimes I'm about, you know, I admit that, but in a sense, I'm not. Because it's still it's still with within the realm of like consciousness. Manny Diaz, what he means for Miami and the whole like it's it's bigger than just football. 
And what, what Manny Diaz and the difference in Manny Diaz and Mario is Manny Diaz is the, is the rogue and sleeve. See, Mario would have just come in with a name. And then, like Mark Rick, we would have expected something. No, Junkie. I don't think we would have gotten Junkie, I'm I'm with you. Like I, I'm behind Manny and what he's doing and everything, and 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 he's the coach here, and he's got he's got my 100% support. But Explain you've never I've why. never seen I've never seen a human being in my life who works harder and has more drive to be great than Mario Cristobal. And I I've seen it up close. And and people you know ask me why are you so high on Mario? Why are you so high on Mario? Well, I've known Mario since he's 18 years old. Number one. So I've got a long uh, sample size of watching him go through all these different stages of his life, and I just I've never seen a human being. Wouldn't, wouldn't that give you a bias? Well, it's a bias in the sense of that I have a, an opinion about him. I mean, but my opinion isn't based on he's not he's not like my brother or anything. He's not my cousin. My opinions about him are him were, are based on observation. And you don't see none of that in Mario uh, Manny. I don't know Manny as well. I've known. I mean, I've watched Manny work. I haven't. I haven't watched Manny work for twenty years plus. You know. So I mean, you, I, I've, I've, I've I watched Manny work as Mark Rick's offensive coordinator. I watched him have you know very good success. Uh, I've watched him. You know, I've watched them struggle a little bit in recruiting. If I'm honest, you know, a lot of defensive players. Uh, yes, a lot of defensive Miami. players the last few years have gotten away, and now as a head coach, he's going to have to be able to change that and turn that around. Um, but you know, he's done a great. Manny, when Manny came to Miami, he had he had bounced around. He, he he didn't have the greatest reputation in the world. People thought he was a gambler. They thought that they could expose him when he was in the SEC, and they often did. He totally was a different guy at Miami. Manny evolved at Miami. Manny, Manny was the, the Manny Diaz that's been at the University of Miami the last three years has been far and away better than the Manny Diaz in the first sixteen. No, listen to me, junk, junkie. Listen to me, man. I'm telling you, he he has been way better these last three years of his career than he was the first fifteen, and that's a tribute to him because it shows you that he evolved and he learned. And he adjusted, and he came to Miami, and he had some better players. And, and the point you were making about Al Golden earlier is not a bad one. I mean, Al Golden did do some good things in recruiting. He recruited those linebackers. Um, he got Gerald Willis to come here. He got Norton and McIntosh. Chad and, you know, they've Chad Thomas. Yeah, they've had some pretty good – Junkie, they've had some pretty good players here, okay, the last few years. Okay, and they were recruited Al by Al Golden. Golden. Right. Yes. Exactly. But Manny took those right. kids – and 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 he kind of reinvented himself as a defensive coordinator, and he brought the right style of defense to Miami, and he had the marketing sense to create the turnover chain, which captivated the community and really captivated college, captivated college football. So Manny's done nothing but great things since he came here. But if you're asking me, like I've only seen Manny for a few years, so my, so obviously my if you're asking me about my listen personal opinion, said, it's not going to be as strong as somebody that I've watched for 20 years. That's all. But Mario hasn't done the things in these 20 years that Manny has done. Now, be honest. Manny wasn't – Come on, man. Manny was at Mississippi State. He was at Mississippi State. You know, he, he was the national recruiter of the year. 
Okay. Man, come on. Man. He, 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 was, he was he was he was offensive line coach of the year. He's now go he's he's now going I, I guess on what eight years of head coaching experience. No. Oh, you talking about? Yeah. Well, what, 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 he was at FIU for what? For 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 six. He was the head coach at FIU for six, and now he's going. He's going into his second year at Oregon. He's, so he's got he's got seven years of head coaching experience. He worked under the best coach in the game for a few years. Okay. I mean, come on. We we can we could support Manny like we all do without disrespecting what Mario's done. No, I'm not dis- I'm not being disrespectful, but I'm saying with Manny, he's been he's shown you from baseline, from the floor up. Mm-hmm. He's he, right in your face. He's shown you the worth. But we still talking about a national search and clamoring for Mario when Manny is has put the product in Look, your face and shown. No, 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 Junkie. Let me ask you a question, Junkie. Let me ask you a question. Let's say you took – and I, uh, you can name it. Is there a college football ex- expert or two that you respect out there? You know, who do you want to like, say? Herb Street? Mean? Like Herb Street no, or no. – or, I mean, I respect you know, any, them as what he does, but I mean – All right, any of the national guys. It doesn't, even, it doesn't even matter. Here's my point. If you took a national expert on college football and you asked them to rank the top – I'll even say 20 – the top 20 coaches in college football, okay? Do you think that somebody would put Manny Diaz, who's never head coached the game in his life, on that list? No chance, Easily. right? Easily. No chance. Easily no chance. All right, you're Easily wrong. There, the there's no chance. He hasn't coached. He hasn't been a head coach for one game in his life. Who you're gonna? Somebody's gonna put him on the top 20 in college? No chance. All right, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna well, flat out say no chance. On, now, wait, here's wait, my wait. point. I think, Junkie, wait a minute, man. I think what I'm threw listening. people. I think what threw people, not necessarily Mario, but that Blake James didn't take five minutes to see who would be interested in the job. That's what people that I've heard, that I've talked to, that's what threw them. Not that he didn't hire Mario Cristobal, because maybe he interviews Mario Cristobal, and he interviews Manny Diaz, and he decides he likes Manny Diaz better. Who knows, okay? But I'm just saying the thing that threw people was that you have a landscape of all the coaches in football, and Blake James didn't take a day or two to see who's interested in the job. That's what he was criticized for. It had nothing to do with Mario. Yeah, yeah, there were people that liked Mario, and like I said, we can, we can support Manny without disrespecting Mario, and, and Mario brings a lot to the table question. But it's, it's really not about that. Right. It's, it, it, the people that are, that are critical of Blake James are critical – because he didn't take a day or two to see who would want the job. For what? That was my my thing. Why would you do that when you're when you're playing, because you're drafting right now and you're because you're not board. you're selling yourself short if you don't see what? who who wants the job. What? That's all. That's your guy. How, it's well, your we're, guy. We're, we'll see, and he might come out looking like a genius. Okay. Um. Okay. Another thing with the portal. Do you think with this, with the way Manny basically creating another turnover chain, another some more innovation um, with the with the portal? Do you do you feel like kids will start saying, "Hey, you know what? Miami don't really need us. If we want to play for Miami, we'll get on board." 
do you think this would be able to lock up classes sooner? Because think about it now. All these kids like Bubba Bolden, they're not just one and done. Like Bubba Bolden can play two or three years. Um, the Kennedy kid can play one year, but the running back, uh, Tate Martell, like these guys got like they can play two to three years. So you're saying, okay, you're a true freshman coming in with the expectations to play three years and go to the league. But these guys are already been in college and they can play two or three years and go to the league just like you were doing. Do you, do you feel like that's gonna make the South? Well, I won't just say South Florida, but like, hey, if I don't get my spot, he can fill my spot with a portal guy. You think that's gonna make recruiting go to another level? Mm-hmm. No, I don't think the high school kids will look at it like that. I mean, I I think the the portal is 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 the, is the new college football, and I think teams are going to be able to do this when they need to dip into the portal and fill fill holes that they have. But the lifeblood of your recruiting has to remain the the traditional recruitment of high school kids that you, you know that that you develop and bring through your program. That's that would be my opinion on that. Right for the for the bulk of it because you have, you can't get yeah. as much depth as you would need to. But I'm just saying, if you can get the three star depth, you can get the portal four star, five star, and it's well, the equivalent. You know the other and the other problem the other problem you have, junkie. The other problem you have when you bring these kids in, you're bringing them in with the expectation that they're playing, and 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 you're right in the sense that that does not send a great message to the other guys on the roster at those positions. But think about how we uh, we made Tyreek Stevens a starter. So if you have Tyreek Stevens in your left hand and you put Bolden in your right hand, isn't that the same thing? With maybe with a year of college and a year of weight room. If they so had gotten Tyreek Stevenson, they may not have taken Bolden, Junkie. So they interchangeable. Uh, they are. And, and the fact that you have Bolden for a couple years – Helps the situation, I no mean, doubt. But 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 how do you think? Let's say, and just to throw out an example, how are um, you know? How do you think a Derek Smith feels about this? What is a a Gervin <laughs> Hall? What a, what a Ger, what a Gervin Hall and Amari Carter think think about this? Now, are you bringing this guy in to sit them down, or are they going to get a fair chance to compete? And and those are the things that. Those are the, the can of worms that get opened up by these transfer situations. So, and, and to me, that's why you can't overdo it. You've got to build your team the traditional oh. way. You, you recruit good kids and you develop them, and then they play when it's their time to play. But Pat Sartain and, and Tyreek Stevens, are they coming to sit, or, are they gonna, or will Hall be moved out if Tyreek Stevens comes to play safety? It's the if, same if Ty- situation, isn't it? Well, it is and it isn't. I mean, Tyreek Stevenson, you're penciling him in as a starter in your mind because of his ability. <laughs> you're saying he's a better player than <laughs> Gervin Hall or Amari Carter. Uh, you know, so it's a, it's a little bit it's it's a little bit different, but but he still is going to have to come in junkie and earn it. A transfer a transfer is is not coming in to earn it. Okay? A transfer's coming in and has signed with that program to come play. Really? I, that's what I think. Why would a kid transfer from one school to the other to to, to be sitting on the bench? I mean, but Tito and Ball were. Um, 
Dale Harris. I mean, it's, it's, it's been a few. Um, the tight end, Sandler. Yeah, but I, uh, you know, you still have to come and earn a job. But, but Tito played as many, probably played as many snaps at tackle this year as anybody. Yeah, it just took it took him a few games to get to get in the groove and 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 be ready to go out there. But he he got better every game. Like that kid by the end of the year was a pretty good tackle. Yeah, and you know what, though, Gary, and I'm about to leave on this. That's the that's another example of Manny Diaz. Think about this for a second, Gary. Think about how good we would have been had we would been able to keep the uh, the two DTs like all the linebackers when Manny Diaz was announced the head coach. The linebacker was like, oh, "Sure, I'm coming back." You think for a second that Manny was at Temple and Mark Rick and Mark Rick Jr. was still at Miami, those three wouldn't have bolted. Even even McLeod would have been gone. He had, hadn't even put work in. Those linebackers yeah, I, were gone. I don't know what they I don't know what they would have done, but it worked out well because they they needed to come back all every one of them. Oh okay. Hey, look, Gary, can you find out what happened with Jeff Thomas? Because I think you holding out info, man. Really. No, I'm 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 really not. I I'm I'm totally on top of everything that happened up until the point where he was physically standing on the Illinois campus and decided to leave. <laughs> and well, I, I have no idea what happened. But you know what? I do have a I now that you're mentioning it, um, I got to find the number. But I've got a guy who's got a kid that plays on that team, and I and I'm gonna yeah. text. I'm gonna te- I'm gonna text him right now. And and I'm yeah, gonna yeah, I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask him if he knows what happened, and if and and if I get an answer, I will uh, I'll bring it up on the show. Appreciate it, man. Keep me on hold. And I'm enjoy the show. All right, junkie. Thanks for calling in, man. All right. All right. Five six three nine 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 three six three three five six three nine 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 three six three three is the number. Hit the one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, and uh, let me take a moment now because it's been a few weeks, just in case anybody forgot the most sensational, fabulous, delicious of all the pizza restaurants in South Florida. And that, of course, is Sicilian Oven, which is one of the more rapidly expanding concepts in the restaurant business here in the 305 and 954. And I don't have to tell you about all the different places out there that you can go to get a slice of pizza or get a full pizza. I mean, they're literally uh, on every single corner. There's not a strip shopping center or a mall that doesn't have a pizza place. But there is no place quite like Sicilian Oven, which has those six locations throughout South Florida. At Sicilian Oven, they offer a new way of dining using the best ingredients and flavor combinations mixed into a carefully designed menu. Many of their recipes have been handed down from generations through the DeSalvo and Garavuso families, and it begins with classic pizzas with traditional toppings, and it expands to gourmet and select pizza combinations that are far removed from what you'll find at the nearest corner. You love wings? Well, yeah, they have wings too at Sicilian Oven. They fire them, they wood fire them in their ovens, and they marinate them for 24 hours first in Italian herbs and spices, and man, they come out so delicious. And then just to top them off, they smother them with caramelized onions that just give those wings a perfect touch. Sicilian Oven also offers a wide array of specialty dishes, from eggplant dishes to mussels merino and fire-roasted shrimp palermo. They have soups, sandwiches, salads, 
pasta dishes. No matter your taste, you will find something great at Sicilian Oven with six locations throughout South Florida. You got the Plantation location. It's at the Fountains Complex off University Drive and the Aventura location at 205th and Biscayne. There's other locations in Lighthouse Point, in Coral Springs on Sample Road and 101st, and in Boca Raton. And there's my favorite location of all, because it's got a full liquor bar right smack there in the middle, and that's the Fort Lauderdale location on Oakland Park Boulevard, just west of Bayview. So get on over to your nearest Sicilian Oven restaurant and get ready to experience the next level in casual Italian dining. Visit SicilianOven.com to find the nearest location to you. It's Sicilian Oven and SicilianOven.com. You'll not only love the taste, you will also taste the love. Before we go back to your calls, let me uh, start digging in, in a little bit so we don't forget about them to the questions that came in from the fans on canesport.com. How confident are we that Tate Martell will be eligible? We talked about that a little bit earlier in the show. I'm not confident because of the can of worms that I think the NCAA would open if they start making kids like this eligible. And, then, you know, he has an attorney. He feels like he has a good case. Obviously, everybody who's a Miami fan is hoping like heck that he does become eligible because the Canes need him on the field next year badly. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's hard to imagine the NCAA opening the can of worms of, the, of guys leaving one school and playing for the other uh, the next year when they're not graduate transfers. And um, I thought the graduate transfer rule was a great rule. Um, I would be very surprised if the NCAA let it go to the next level because it, it essentially would create open free agency in college football. And I'm not sure that that's good for anybody. As good as it would be for Tate Martell to be able to suit up for the Canes this year, I'm not sure that open free agency mindset would be very good for college football. And uh, I expect the NCAA to preserve that. Who on the staff will be the go-to guy in recruiting? Um, that's an interesting question. I, you know, I, I think of the existing coaches. It's still, you know, Banda, you know, is a decent recruiter. Uh, you know, he, he certainly, you know, he doesn't win every time. But he, I, I've watched how he pursues the kids that he's recruiting. And, I, you know, I think he does a nice job. Um, Jess Simpson has turned out to be pretty good. Patkey's, you know, decent. Um, but of the guys who came back, I would say Banda would probably be the go-to recruiter. Of the guys that came in, you know, Hickson, Barry, Stubblefield, we don't know a dang thing about those guys as recruiters. We have no clue. And um, I know Hickson does have some local connections and and things like that and, and has a shot to be a decent recruiter, uh, particularly in Broward County, but in South Florida. But if there's one guy that I would point to on this new staff that has a chance to emerge as the go-to guy in recruiting, I think I'd have to look at Stephen Field, um, guy that came in. To, he, he, they, they lured him with an on-field coaching job to to come back to Miami. And um, he had been the recruiting coordinator the past year at Oregon for Cristobal, where they put together the best recruiting class in the history of Oregon football in their first 12 months. He went back to Louisville because 
he's got family down here in South Florida and needed to get a little closer to his family than a six-hour flight from the total opposite end of the country. Uh, was in, in Louisville for a few days. I mean, Manny Diaz swooped in and, and hired him away and offered him an on-field coaching job, which got him down here. And, and that would be the guy I'd keep an eye on to who could potentially become the go-to guy when it comes to recruiting. He, he's got a passion for it, uh, has been successful at it in other places. And um, so I'd keep an eye on Stephen Field. I think Stephen Field could become the recruiting star of this coaching staff. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, one more. This is an interesting question. What's this? They're asking from my view on people on, in the fan base posting cautious optimism versus sunshine pumping. Very interesting question. As a Miami fan, do you, are you are you totally on board with Manny Diaz? 100% hook, line, and sinker. Are you convinced that Manny Diaz is going to take this program to the promised land? Maybe a three-year plan to get to that ACC championship game and actually be competitive in it, which Miami's never been. Uh, that clearly is the mandate. You know, somebody asked me, a Florida State guy, I was out at the uh, I was out at the Florida Fire tryouts the other day the other night and a Florida state guy came up to me and says, what, what's the agenda at Miami? Like, what do, what do they care about? Like, like, do they care about winning anymore? Or like, what the hell are you talking about? Do they care about winning? He's like, well, like, do they want to do anything other than win the coastal? You know, is that all, is that good enough? Is that all they're trying to do is win the coastal? Is that all that matters anymore at Miami? They're not worried about competing for national titles. And I thought about it for a minute, and I'm thinking, what is this guy talking about? Of, of course Miami wants to win national titles. But that's the perception that's outside of you know, the little cocoon here of hurricane fans and hurricane people. And you know, of, of course everybody here is sitting here saying, man, we, you know, we want to play for the national title again. I mean, that's, that's been the goal ever since the last one. So, um, you know – where does the Kane fan line up? You know, you have a new coach now, you know, who's making moves and, and, and doing great things and trying as hard as he can to change the perception out there. Um, but he doesn't have a track record, so he doesn't have that street cred going into the fray. You know, he's going to have to earn that. And the way you earn it is by winning and, and getting to championship games and, 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 and that sort of thing. And, and that's going to be the burden on, 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 on Manny Diaz. But as a Hurricane fan, while they're going through this process again, because it, it is a process that's starting back at square one, let's be honest, that season this past year that has led to the number 42nd ranked recruiting class now, and a new coaching regime and starting all over again, it put the program back to square one. So if you're a Hurricane fan, where do you, where, where do you line up? And, 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 and this guy's asking a good question. You know, cautious optimism, understanding the mountains that Manny Diaz and this new staff have to climb, or sunshine pumping, just unconditionally, you know, waving the hurricane flag and, and, and you know, where, throwing on the orange and green glasses in the morning and 
um, you know, just being all, all emotionally in. Um, is, and then the second part of the question is pointing out factual team weaknesses, negativity. Another great question, and I think it was Earl that came on the show earlier tonight and brought that up. You know, he thinks Hurricane fans are too negative. Are they too negative if they're factually stating, say, that the offensive line is a work in progress, a position that's struggling quite a bit right now, or the quarterback position, for example? So something to think about. Interesting thoughts. I don't know that there's a right or wrong answer to those questions. I don't know if there's a a definitive answer. I think it's a matter of personal opinion and taste and preference and and just personally what goes through your mind. But uh, something worth thinking about, and and it's certainly good thought, and I thought it was a really good question and topic that was submitted on the message. All right, there's more of them. I'll get to them here as we go forward. Let me go back to the calls, though. Um, 563-999-3633. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out next to the... 973, you are live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, Gary, Gary. How oh, I knew you'd so be calling in. You come to, how is it so appropriate you come to me after making that comment about our coach, this guy, or. or well, where, or do you, where do you stand, Ross? Where do you stand? Let me get it out. And, and KK, what's going on, man? Don't worry, KK. I got him. I got him. I take it over from here, Kinky, because I got. All my right, you're going to tell too. me that Travis Homer. You, you think Travis Homer would play no, at no, Alabama? No. Oh, hey, okay, good. Go. You you know me. I got my list. Let me go through my list now. But you kind of let me change my list because you just brought up this. You said a, a guy walked up to you and asked you about where they think we're going. Okay, let. He's, he's a Florida. He's a Florida State guy, and he and he came up to me and asked me that question. He absolutely did. Okay. And I would have turned around and said to him like this, because I was just writing this down. I said, I can't, I can't mess this up. I would have turned around and said to him and said, okay, well, my man, answer me this. Where is Big Suit Willie going? Okay? Because if I'm not mistaken, where is that organization going? Because if I'm not mistaken, shouldn't they strive for championship? Shouldn't they strive to be the best, too? Because here's the thing. If I'm not mistaken, they hired a guy with a losing record. Big Suit Willie is a loser. And he's always been a loser. He went to Oregon as a loser, and he came from Oregon as a loser. So I would have turned to him and asked him that same question. What are you guys trying to do? Because you hired Big Suit Willie, and he's being sued by two players. Where are you trying to go? Like, my, like they say on the commercial, what's in your wallet? Okay? So I would have told him to get up out of here. Yeah, I I him, you, know, you know what, Ross? I get you, but, like, I didn't have the patience or the inclination to get into a whole debate with this guy. Well, I would have told guy. him to miss me with that question. I would have told him to miss me with that question. Yeah. Okay? I would have handed him right away. I love guys like that because I ripped them apart immediately. I would have told him to miss me with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wasn't him looking him. to get into a Miami-Florida State debate. I really okay, wasn't. Well, you so know, I, didn't, got, I, didn't, well, I didn't do that. Like he lucky it wasn't me because I would have said, got him, and looked right at him and asked him that same question. Tell him, <laughs> tell Big Suit Willie to fix his, his happenings over there before you ask me that question because you know what? Manny's about to run rings around him. That's what I said. Tell Big Suit Willie with both his suings and all his nonsense offensively and all his, his, his petty bag that he got. He's got, he got the guys going out there with a pink book bag. Where are they trying to go? What bag? Get, well, what, what, I think you if you ask Manny Diaz, I think if you ask Manny Diaz, he would say he wants to win national titles. Okay, exactly. So here's the thing. 
tell him to dig in that bag that they had, that purse that they had on the sideline. Tell him to dig deep in that bag and come up with enough cash that he's going to need. That he better get him a thousand dollar hour lawyer to to be over that case that he's about to face. So I'd have told him to miss me with that. Now I answer that question for you right there. You should have told him, tell Big Suit Willie to go somewhere with that. Okay. They don't, well, they, what I did what I did tell him is that no, Miami is not content just winning the coastal. I said no, okay, I, I, that's that. softly. I'd have knocked oh, him I didn't know. I didn't I'd do it. Soft. I didn't do it softly. I just didn't get into. I didn't. I did what Pacquiao. I did what Pacquiao did well, to Brew. I, I had no desire I, I to talk Pacquiao. about Florida State. I don't. Yeah, I had I no desire to talk about Florida State. Even, yeah, even, but I, I would have told him to miss me immediately. Uh, me. I, I had no interest in having a debate about Florida State. I really didn't. Okay. Remember <laughs> what I told? When I said? Remember what I just told Ken Ken? I got him. Now I got him. I got you, Gary. <laughs> now tell me this, Gary. Now you're saying um, you, I'm not even gonna go with the whole Travis Homer thing. You're talking about Boca. Me personally, if Boca comes, he comes. I kind of like what the kid Boken. I want Boken because you know why? To me, they're even. That's that's a kid that could get it done too. So it's either we get him or we get Boca. I take either one. So to me, it's a win-win situation. But you made a comment. You might have room for both. <laughs> okay, fine. But you made a comment, and you're saying this is. I think this is what people are having a problem with. And I, and, and I was waiting for Ken Ken to bring it up. I was in from the drive it away way home, but he didn't drive it away home. He did a good job, and I take it from here. You made a comment, and you said, uh, "Bogle, let's take a look at Bogle. I don't think he uh, Alabama player, but he fits Miami. So what we're what, what are we trying to do, Gary? We're trying to get players like that. So get him in. No, I no, I, under, I understand, but 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 there's a difference between ACC football and SEC football. But don't we got to face them if we make the playoffs? Yeah. So what, is, what difference does it make? So that's what, um, don't Clemson got to face? Wait a minute. Don't, you think Clemson look at Bogle if they did, were recruiting did, him to say? Did you, see, did you see what happened in the let, – let's just use the pinstripe bowl as an example. I, I mean, would you agree that the defensive line got freaking assaulted uh, Gary, in that game? Uh, Gary. You know one of the problems okay. is too. But 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 did they get assaulted in every game in the yes, ACC? So you know no. What, you know what, you know no, they what, didn't. The they, it, they were no, statistically the, the number two defense in the country. Wait, let me answer your wait, question. Wait, wait. I mean, the Canes' defense this year was statistically the number two defense in the country. Okay, they went up against a Wisconsin team that wasn't a great team, but. Would you agree that maybe a little bit better offensive line, a little bit more physical than some of the teams in the ACC, like 100%. North Carolina? And 100%. Okay, so here's my point. You're playing that type of team almost every week in the SEC. And Chris Bogle, I, my opinion, would not hold up week Gary, after week after week way, in that type of game. For. That's what the weight room was for, though. They would have took him in. Put Ross, that you're talking him. about three years in the weight room before Chris Bogle has that type of body. Now, so maybe in three years. So you're trying to tell maybe me. Maybe in three never, years. So what you're trying to tell me, there's never going to be a team from the Coastal that's going to be able to go up against the Clemsons and the Alabamas and be, and be successful. Well, that's why do you think Clemson has become Clemson? Tell me. That's what I'm, I'm Because they started sense. recruiting people at the line of scrimmage like Alabama. And that's what we're going to do. That's what we should do. Well, we do. haven't done it yet. You. We have but not done it yet. Plays, this guy, okay, so let's let's start by getting the kind of guys that like Bogut and bring them in the weight room and build them up and stop telling me he won't be able to play at such and such school. You don't know you don't know that for sure, Gary. Hey. The same way you throw things out there, the same way we could throw things out there, we're going to rebuttal on that when you keep saying that our players that we should be getting is never going to be as good as a kid that could go. And I'm going to give you another example. I didn't, I didn't say that. No, 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 you're taking it too far. Chris Bogle could come to Miami with his raw athletic skills, spend three years building himself up, 
while also getting to play during those three years, and maybe three years from now, after he's developed and built himself up, maybe at that point he's good enough to play at Alabama. I think Joe Jackson got to the point. I think Joe wait. I think Joe Jackson got to the point this year where he could play at a place like Alabama. Would you agree? I think Joe Jackson could have went into Alabama if they put the proper weight on him and did what they were supposed to do, and he played right away as a freshman too. That's my opinion. No, I, I, I don't agree. I don't agree because well, I don't agree because well, even here, even here as a freshman, he was a situational passer. He had, he had, if he had you remember, people, he had, but he had people that they considered to be in front of him, and look who was the head coach. Yeah, look who the head but coach. He also, but he also, but he also, but Ross, he also wasn't yeah. strong enough. He, he needed, yeah, he, he needed, he, he, he needed to develop. Okay, you're selling, you're selling them short. You're selling them short. And, and Joe Jackson, Joe Jackson as a freshman physically is ahead of where Chris Bogle is now. It doesn't matter. What I'm trying to tell you is this. You know what's going on, Gary? You know what's going on? It's been so many years of inconsistent and nonsense that's been going on in the program. Your guys, our minds, some of our minds, I'm guilty of it too. We're programmed to think, oh, if a kid want to come to us, okay, what's wrong with him? Oh, this needs to be fixed and that needs to be fixed. When as soon as you hear is a Clemson's recruiting him or, or one of these other power programs recruiting him, oh, that means he's got to be great and he's got to be this and he's going to work out for them. But if he comes to us, how is he not going to work out? Let me give you another example that you made. And I I think this was junkie. You made this. You made this. Um, this. 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 You was trying to make this point with junkie, and I was hoping Joe could just continue to press on you and press on you. When you said, um, it's not fair for us to bring a guy like Bolden in, and he's expected to play right away. But here's the thing. Alabama last year, and I hate to keep bringing about Alabama, but Alabama brought in Sertan, right? And he started he, he started right away, didn't he? So you would tell me that Sertan would have came and played at Miami, so that means that means the kid Smith, that means the kid Hall, that means the kid Wiggins, and all of them should have worried about. You know what they should do? They shouldn't worry about Bolden. They should get better. They should get better and compete with him. That's what it's going to take at Miami, and that's what we're doing. He's bringing in a kid like that so they can compete. Not worried about it if he's gonna come in and start right away because don't let him come in and start the way. Let everybody be able to be ready to let that make that decision to be. Yeah, hard but but, but remember now, Bolden's got a few years. He's a little bit of a different type that, of transfer. That, that, that's why I was hoping that um, Junkie would make that point because he kind of got there but he didn't finish it. You're, you no, no, he did. But, but you well. have to understand you're you're talking about a different thing here. I'm, what, but you you're know, saying it's unfair. What's unfair about it? What's unfair about no? In, I'm talking um, about you can't overdo it with graduate transfers because those kids are fifth year guys that, you know that are coming. I I want him to expecting continue. to play, and you're I putting aside guys on your like roster that. to let them play. I want him to continue. If there's guys out there available that's going to be available for two or three years, I want them to continue bringing guys like that because I want everybody on that roster. I want everybody on that roster to compete every time at the Green Tree or when they're Absolutely. in the practice facility. You're 100% right, Ross. Every single time. So I don't you're 100% right. Paul needs to be concerned, and Smith needs to be concerned, and Blade needs to be concerned. You know what? We don't we don't get concerned. Guys no, like here's Bolden where it beca- here's where, they competed. Russ, here's where it can become a problem. If you're bringing in a graduate transfer who is stealing the moment from a guy that's been in your program for a few years, and you're bringing in a graduate transfer to replace them after they one year. Wor- I hear you with that. I hear you with that. But you know, so also, Gary, that could create problems guy, in the locker room, yes, Ross. I can't you know be what, honest. Gary, but what? Okay, remember, remember what I just told you. Remember what I just told you. Let me calm down. Remember what I just told you. We we're in this <laughs> mindset. No, no, Gary, listen to me now. Hey, it's Ross, have you subscribed? Have you subscribed to Kane Sport yet? Gary, you're way? changing the subject. Let me hit. Let me let me make the subject. Let me make. Let I me I I, can, I can't keep giving you 15 minutes every week on this show if you're not going to be part of our site. Really. You, now wait a minute. How many guys have Come on, no, keep going. Come on, I'm I'm joking listen, with you. Come listen, on. 
so here's the thing. This is what I just said earlier. We got to get out of the mindset of thinking. We we we've been we've been poisoned over the years so much about we've been beaten over the head and beaten down and beaten down a little bit. We see a guy that can actually move around and do some things. We're thinking that we just struck gold and everything. Here's the thing with this, man. You made a point early, and I'm going to say this. I want guys to come in and compete at every position at the kick. Look how inept we was at the punting situation because we didn't have guys competing, okay? We didn't have guys competing at the DM position the way they were supposed to. Not saying it, I'm not saying that didn't happen. I'm just saying that's what I want every time. Let me make a couple other points, though. Let me make another couple other points. You said, I want you to give me not three, four, five, or six players. Give me one player, Gary. Let's be fair to Manny here. Give me one player. You said he wasn't a very good recruiter on that end. And I'm going to tell you why we, he wasn't a very good recruiter, because I'm going to back him up a little bit. But I want you to give me that play that he missed. Who did he recruit that he missed on, Gary? Give me that play. Well, I, I think you got to look at all the defensive players the last few years that went elsewhere. You know, the Pats okay. Kane, so, Tyson Camp, the tight the, – the Tyson Campbells, those, those were collective don't, efforts don't by the defensive staff. I mean, a, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, yeah, but but you also it's a it's a collective effort with the coordinator, the position okay. coach. I agree. Okay, recruiting has that. not been has not been as good as they're going to want well, it to be. Don't put it all on Manny. Don't put it all on. Manny. I don't put it all on Manny. I didn't put it all on Manny earlier. You just said you say he had some crazy, he had some misses, and he's going to have to need to improve on that. You know what needs to improve, and I'm hoping that he does it because I'm going to. I, you asked the question earlier. I am one thousand percent behind him because you know what he's aggressive. We had in years, and if he fails at sometimes, I'm still going to back him until it's the last. If he trip. fails, he's going to fail you. being aggressive. You're absolutely right. Yeah, and 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 and, and, and I and I and I I've said that from the beginning. He has my one hundred percent support too. Because hey, why, hey, wouldn't, you, why say, wouldn't you give them your 100% support? And you might disagree with this comment that I'm going to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. But, but, I, but Ross, wait, wait, let me just say one other thing, and then I'll let you continue. I can give him my 100% support and also acknowledge that they've had a lot of recruiting losses on defense the last three years. And I'm going to tell you why he missed. I'm going to tell you, and I know, you, I, I know it's not 100% here, but I bet you it's 85 90%. And if you take a vote after I'm done, the people that don't like me won't agree with it, but the people that think that I'm being fair will. I'm going to tell you why we missed. Honestly speaking, Gary, when people come to visit, or just watch our season and watch how inept we were on, on offense. Remember, losing goes into the mind of these ballplayers too. And this is one of the reasons why other coaches could come in and poison our kids' minds about leaving that – don't go to that program. They're not winning. So when we had a guy that was so inept at, the, at, the, at, the, at our leader, he was our leader, and he was so inept, calling stupid timeouts. We're looking dumb on the field. We're not doing this. He has no idea. He makes all these excuses at the podium about, you know what, maybe I should have made – that's my fault. I take the loss because maybe I shouldn't have made that call. If I had the chance, I would have took that back. You know what? That sounds like nonsense and all the stuff that he was doing. Call it stupid time. I'm repeating myself, but I'm just saying. It was the organization on overall. When they came in and they visited and they see what was going on, they didn't make the commitment. It was easy for them to come in and steal those kids because we were we, – you said we were doing the 15, 15 in a row. I also want to say something about that too. Guess what? You can't tell me you didn't get phone calls every week, every time we won the house dumb we looked at certain things, and how lucky we was to win those games. I'm hoping that Manny don't make those games even close. You, everybody want to say that the, the schedule is, is, is a farce, it's ugly, but you know I take it, because that means I want to blow somebody up by 30 now. I want to look like an outfit. We didn't look like an outfit for the last couple of years, Gary, and that's the bottom line. And maybe if we start looking like an outfit that looks like something good on TV, maybe these players will start coming. So I don't give that Mr. Manny, I give that Mr. Mark Rick and his inept son. That's who I give it to. Bottom line. So let's give him a break on that. Let's cut him some slack. Let's give him a mulligan, and let's see what they're doing now that he's at the head. 
So well, don't give him a miss on that. Of course he has a mulligan. He's got the head coaching job. <laughs> yeah, but you're, you're saying that he had these misses. Is there, the is, there a bigger, miss. is there a bigger mulligan than getting the head coaching job? But I, think I don't the think program so. had to miss. Not necessarily Manny, because it's only so much he could do. We got the guys that was going to come anyway. But the guys that we had to sell, it was hard to sell because they knew what they was looking at. Even though, even though we was winning 10 in a row, look what we did after that. We didn't look like an outfit doing. We wasn't even looking like an outfit winning 10 in a row. It was plenty of times you, you took phone calls here. Guys are worrying, and you're telling them not to worry. We're complaining because we're winning. But we knew certain things was coming around the corner. We didn't have enough of this. We didn't have enough of that. We didn't have enough of this. We didn't have enough of that. And we knew that. We, I don't want to go down this road, but we knew we had a, 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 a duck at a, a starting quarterback. That the defense had to come back and, um, and save. Wouldn't you say out of those 10 victories, we, eight of the victories were saved by the defense? I'd have to go back and relive every game, but uh, oh, obviously the defense the, de- the defense was obviously a major part of them. Saved I mean, you know, the Saved offense wasn't that bad. you got to remember the first five were with Brad Kaya. Okay, fine. And that, you know what? That's fine. But what I'm trying to say is it just—it it was times when we was concerned. Look at the uh, – okay, Gary, let's check this point out. Remember this nightmare? Remember this nightmare when we was playing? <laughs> the game started on a, a sack and finished on a sack. Remember when we just couldn't beat Florida State for some reason, right? And we had Kaya and Mark Rivers, the coach, and the first play, the first play of the game, he got sacked. You remember that? Mm-hmm. The first play of the game. And the, and the last play of that game, he got sacked. So even though you want to put out there, and then, can I address this also, Gary? Sound yeah, but you like got to start wrapping this up, Ross. <laughs> okay, I will. I'm wrap it up. The indoor facility again. Stop giving him 100% credit on that. Already in the works. Get, um, Donna Salila did not want to get it done. Okay, she had a lot of other agenda when she was on campus, and he was already in the work. The Mark Rick coming and giving good ideas, I give him for that. The only thing I'm going to give him credit for, man, is that he walked away with dignity, and he knew what he was doing, and he wasn't aggressive. Manny said it already this week and last week. Did you see the comments that Manny has made? If you look into those comments that he's made recently as of yesterday and today, it, it says a lot about what he thought about the program while he was in it. It said a lot about what he, even though he respect Mark Rick for bringing him here, it said a lot about what he thinks he saw and what he's willing to change. He asked every recruit, every guy that came back into the program that Sunday, he said, welcome to the new Miami. Well, welcome to a new brand new program. He's been, he has to recruit them as a new program. That's saying a lot about the, the former head coach. He's not coming out and spelling it out, but he's speaking with loud words. And guess what, Kang Kang? I got him, Kang Kang. I got him. Gary, <laughs> keep me on hold. All right, Russ. <laughs> Always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for uh, being part of the show. All right, wow. Got to take a deep breath now. Man, he lays it on you rapid fire, doesn't he? Wow. That's a guy that uh, always shows up prepared. No, seriously, Ross, thanks for the call. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go down to the 305. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hi, I'm a first time caller. My name is Anthony. And hey, I'm Anthony. wondering what you, uh, honestly, my predictions for the recruiting class I think we can get Bogle, Emerson, Boykin, uh, and uh, offensive tackle from, uh, what is it called, uh, Mississippi State, Washington. And honestly, I think Enos is going to be able to flip the guy from 2020, uh, 2020 from uh, from Alabama, Carson Beck, because he's the one recruited that recruited him, not 
Saban. Yeah, that's I think that's down, can, that's down the road though. You're talking you, you and I, you're talking right now, and and that that that's going to be for next year. And but I, I agree. I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I, I like the list you put together. Um, I don't feel real good about Washington. Um, I, I just don't. But other than that one, I think you're you got guys that there's a pretty good shot with. Uh, and with Emerson, do you see him as a corner or a safety? Do you think when he gets here, he's going to move to safety, or do you see him as a, a corner? And do you think he's a corner in the college level? Not sure. Not sure. You know, I think he's one of those guys, you know, I mean, my instinct is to say safety, but not sure. And I have a question with, I'm reading, I don't know why I read this, but I'm hearing that Laranaga might retire because of this whole issue with the FBI investigating the team and stuff like that. The the NCAA investigating the team, the UN basketball team. If he retires, who do you think? Would be the best replacement. I, I mean, internally, I would say Chris Caputo, who's been his right hand guy for a lot of years. Uh, I don't know if they would go in that direction or whether they would do a national search. And do you like any of the but from like? I'm not convinced he's going to retire, though. I'm really not. <laughs> I'm not yeah. convinced of that. If he retires, when you look at the assistant coaches from like Duke, Kentucky, or Kansas. Who do you, you like have the best? Oh, I don't know. No, I, I can't. I can't answer that question. I I haven't studied every single basketball coach out there in America and, and put a pecking order together. I I have not. Um, if if the job comes open, we'll do that. We'll put that time in to do that. But uh, you know, let's just see. I don't. And, I mean, I'm not. Con- another... I'm not convinced Jim Laranaga is ready to retire. Yeah. No. Because, yeah. In the article, they said he. He actually said that uh, not him, but one of his, one of his like assistant coaches was was saying they interviewed him, and they're saying that he might want to retire after this season. And I agree with you; he might not want to. Ret- he's not going to retire. And I my uh, guess is that that was like a tongue-in-cheek comment. There has been no sign that he's going to retire. I know I know he's very upset about what happened with Dewan Huel. Uh, it really was not fair. Uh, Dewan Hewell, from based on what I know, didn't take anything. And, you know, yes, he was offered something, I think, at some point, and, but there was never anything that, that ever came to fruition. And uh, I think the NCAA made a mistake on this one. And do you think we can get Cole Anthony, the point guard, and his teammate? This Don't know. Don't know. Yeah, I mean, he, he's, he's had a long time to commit. They've been recruiting him for months and months and months, so I don't know. Is it hard when it comes to committing uh, for for sports overall? Is our football and baseball the hardest? Are baseball and basketball the hardest? Because baseball, the kids can go straight into the draft out of high school, and they're going to start eliminating the, the one-and-done rule eventually. And... Kids yeah, that'll change it for sure if they if they if they do that. I think they should do it. I I don't like one and done. One and done kind of makes a mockery of going to college. Really, I mean, you know, I like it the much better the way it is in football, where at least you go for three years. I mean, I, I don't know, but uh, and baseball, baseball, baseball. Actually, I like base college baseball. They force them. They don't force them, but they make them 
go for three year, uh, three or four years, even if they feel that they're going to be in the first round or something, they make them go three years maybe. And if their draft stock doesn't go any higher, they, then they can go into the into the draft. Uh, they feel that their draft stock isn't going to go higher than it is after their sophomore year or anything like that, they can go straight into the draft. Do you agree with how college baseball does it? I mean, I think the way they do it in baseball is is right for baseball, but I think it's a total nightmare for the colleges that are recruiting and they they sign kids and they have no idea whether they're ever going to show up and then they have to go try to put teams together. So, I mean, it, it's really a very screwed up system if you, if, if, if you look at it honestly. And um, I think that needs reform too. I mean, it's, it's very unfair to the colleges, the college coaches who it, spend all, all that time recruiting those kids and all they end up doing is creating leverage for their pro contracts. It's like, it's stupid. Yeah. Honestly, that whole, honestly, they should do a rookie weight scale thing for, for what is it called? A rookie weight scale for uh, for college for base the pro for baseball baseball draft. To, so that those kids aren't getting those big signing, so they don't get those big signing bonuses. Yeah, I think honestly that's how why the college football game is more successful than baseball. Uh, college baseball is because these kids get huge signing bonuses for being a top round pick. Like, it's is is it like. Uh, six million, seven million dollars. Well, something? some of them get millions, yeah. If they're a top prospect, I mean, yeah, you're right. It incentivizes them not to go to college, but if, which is all fine and good. But if that's going to be the case, then why are the colleges in the middle to begin with? So I don't know. I, I think the whole thing is not great, but we're not going to talk about that for too long here because people want to talk about the football. But uh, but yeah, you got some good points. And Anything I, else you have tonight? Yeah, honestly, I'm cop. I'm I'm ca- cautiously sunshine pumping, which is <laughs> you, you, you and a lot of people out here. Everybody wants the sunshine pump. I'll tell you that. I mean, yeah, everyone's honestly, ti- everyone's I, tired I of the Manny alternative. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I trust Manny Diaz to to do what he does. But I agree with your previous caller, Mark Rick. Mark, it wasn't Manny Diaz that lost. The the recruit recruits it's uh, what uh, Mark Rick and his son. Uh, All right, that lots of listen. Recruits, those top recruits. To I love I love everything that Manny's doing in the last few weeks since he got the job, but it's not fair to just we. It's too easy and too lazy and not fair to just blame Mark Rick and his son for every single thing and every single failure that this program's had in the last three years, that's just, it's just not reality. I mean, you know, there, there were successes and there were failures by everybody. And, um, you know, Manny obviously had enough of them to get the head coaching job. I mean, he's a head coach at the university of Miami. Okay. Do you Did like you that? Miami is a, by chance? Huh? Did my, Manny Which, Diaz play at Miami? Originally, no, no, he went to Florida state. He went to Florida state, but Oh, yeah. He is the head. He yeah. is the head coach at the University of Miami. That is the, as great an accomplishment as most coaches will never have in their coaching careers. Okay, so yeah, he deserves he deserves all the credit and all the props and everything. 
And and I'm certainly lining up to give them to him because I think what he's been doing so far has been great. But I'm not going to sit here and be idiotic and say that every single thing that went wrong the last three years was all because of Mark Richt and John Richt. No, that's not – that wouldn't be – number one, that would be stupid. And number two, I wouldn't be being accurate with you guys if I said that. I mean, you know, it's, it, it, there's shared blame. All right, man. Hey, 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 all right, go ahead. What else? Uh, I'm wondering, do you think, honestly, uh, do you think if Manny Diaz didn't hire Butch, Butch Berry as our offensive line, do you think he would have been able to buy out uh, uh, Mario Cristobal's contract? No chance. No, 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 no chance. No, no, not even. No, that wouldn't be discussed for a half a second. All right, man. Hey, thank you so much for joining the show. We like first time callers. Uh, So call back again. All right, man. Have a great night. Yeah. Someone's going to quit a head coaching job where they're making three million a year um, with, with, with five years behind it. And are the head coach at Oregon to come be the offensive line coach at Miami? No. You're not going to see that in any of our lifetime right now or any of our kids' lifetimes or, you know, onward and onward, generation to generation. All right, 563-999-3633. Hit one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, let's go to the 336. Ooh, somebody's got to turn their speaker well, down, though. Speaker down, You're, live though. You're live on Kane Sport Live. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Twice. Twice. <laughs> Are you with us? With us. All right. Uh, All right. Next, next time you gotta <laughs> got to turn that speaker down. All right, let's go to the 318. 318, you're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's going on, Gary? You know who it is. Fort City Kane. Uh, hey, what's man, up, Port just, City? Uh, nothing much, but uh, we're just uh, taking it easy and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, we're taking it easy <clears throat> and stuff like that, but uh, I've just been uh, listening to the conversation and uh, things like that. And I know that, you know, it's a kind of different, difficult and different transition uh, going to Manny Diaz. I think he's doing some good things and uh, things like that, but uh, I think that, you know, just moving forward, that we're going to have to make uh, some more adjustments and some more changes. And I, this one thing that I, I I guess I look at recruiting differently because, to me, I think that we make a lot of people relevant, especially prospects. And I understand they got a lot of talent. I understand this and et cetera. But to me, I don't think that I've been probably watching recruiting the last 20 years. I've never seen a school go through like the Tyreek Stevenson situation, the Chris Bogle situations, the Braylon Ingraham situations, the Jaden Hazelwood situations that Miami go through. And, and to be honest with you, I think that what we do is, I hate to kind of use this word, but, but we, we better butt kissers than we are recruiters. I mean, because better, better what? All we do Say it again? Better, better butt what? kissers. Oh, butt better butt kissers. Mm-hmm. Than we are recruiters because it's like, man – those guys really don't value the opportunity of having it. And I think that some of the time when you stay on guys like that for so long, you really lose out on the opportunity of finding the guys like the Jonathan Garvins of the world. When you look at it, and I said this before on a previous call, the guys that are the most productive guys are the no-drama recruits. 
I mean, they are the most productive guys on the team. They they not. I mean, Patrick Sertain would never make a tackle for the University of Miami. Tyson Campbell would never make a tackle, but yet, you know, they spent so much time trying to recruit them to where, and I think Mark Rick kind of hit on it on his way out saying that we give so much love. He was kind of saying it, you know, paraphrasing. We give so much love to guys who uh, have all this hype behind them, but then when we go back to trying to get the players who actually are coming here, they feel kind of jaded because they not they not felt the same way. And to me, uh, I think that you take the brotherhood away from being a player at the University of Miami. And, I, I mean, I hope everything works out for Chris Boker. But to be honest with you, it's just been too much drama for, you know, for the trying to get one recruit. And then when you look down here, your struggles at that position probably would have been gone if you would have just got off of it. I mean, at some point, you know, you got to say, hey, look, man, I'm this, this is a bridge to nowhere, and I need to get off of it, you know, and just go on. But I understand, and a lot of it, it's just like, it's some schools, I guarantee you, you probably ain't, it ain't, it ain't an old happy day when you got to go to Plantation American Heritage. You know, it ain't no old happy day. So I'm saying, well, you got to go to St. Thomas Quintus. I understand that the players do, and I think you're right, we need to widen our recruiting it, but you got to be willing to say, I'm satisfied if I don't get them guys. And another thing, right before I get, get, get you coming, another thing that people talk about what Alabama do with five-star recruits, but you ought to see what they're doing with three-star recruits. You ought to see what Clemson is doing with walk-ons. Because when you go in there and realize that, you know, that, man, I'm spending so much time on these other guys, I ain't never getting a chance to get around to the guys who really want to be there. And they, I, I'm talking about, like, you know, you, you that it, it's more like a hype brigade than it is anything else. And I think that we are not efficient enough at recruiting. The rest of these places are a lot more efficient than we are. Lasson, once he committed to Clemson, he didn't go anywhere. We got guy around here that ain't going to never go to one practice that, man, we just spend more time recruiting than you ever seen in your life. And I want to okay, know, now, have you seen that Port City, let me stop you for a minute. Now, you're 100% right on everything you're saying. The question I would have, and obviously we don't have any knowledge that there was extracurricular activity with Latson or whatever. Maybe there was, maybe there wasn't. But um, let's, say, let's say there was, and that's why there was no drama and no wavering. And you acknowledge that Miami can't get into that game and certainly can't get into yeah, it in I'm South Florida. It's, it certainly can't do it in South Florida <laughs> because mm-hmm. even if there was the inclination to cheat in South Florida and, 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 and start doing what's, what some of these schools are purported to be doing, could you imagine what would happen down here? So, yeah. you know, if, so if you take all that into consideration, is your opinion the same? You know, no, what, my what opinion that... Good. Yeah, my my opinion isn't the same. But what I'm saying, this is what I'm really saying. I'm saying that our most valuable guys are the Jonathan. If everybody on the team had the same skill level that Jonathan Garvin had, if everybody just across the board were Jonathan mm-hmm. Garvin type of offensive lineman. Jonathan Garvin 
type of running back. Jonathan Garvin type of wide receiver. Jonathan Garvin. If you had everybody on there, we're competing for a national championship. And no I think question. I like what. No question. No but question. Let me say this. No question. But let me say this. But like what Earl was saying, he said something about it. But the real thing that I had disagreed with him is, is that you know we missed it horribly on evaluation. It's some evaluation, and you got the, and that's the part that's really, really missing. It's not just development, but you got to evaluate not just how high a guy can jump, how fast he can run, what he can do, this and but what type of person is he? Is he the type yep. of person that's going to burn the midnight oil, and is he's the type of person that's interested in not only just talking about potential, but reaching his potential? And somewhere right. in there, it's a disconnect. At, at, at 11 o'clock at night, is he going to be hitting the bong and getting himself suspended, or is he going to be in his playbook figuring out how to be a better player? Yeah, and then better person. All the rest of it. But the whole thing of it is, if you spend it all day with Tyreek Stevenson and Jaden Hazelwood, and to be honest with you, I don't think – I think the whole time when you get down to those guys, that those guys have found a way how to – how to throw, how to make a coach feel like that they got a chance, like the zipper, and they got no chance with these guys. And when you get down to it, once you get to guys, the other guys that's really, really interested in being in school, you turn them out because they feel like that they're not valued at the yeah, level but, of but, the but, other guys. But the problem is, you, you, you know, you got to try to recruit the elite players because you could rec- you could fill, have a team of Jonathan Garvin's, like you say. And you make a great point, but you better have a lot of them, okay? And and you know you certainly can't just have a few of them. And uh, if you're gonna go and, and you might you might get to Charlotte, but if yeah. you're gonna win in Charlotte, you're gonna need some of those elite guys because the guys because the team you're playing is gonna have them. Yep. And and and, and uh, but uh, let me I don't say it out late, but let me ask you this. Uh, I know we was talking about uh, the rest of those guys, uh, but do we have a chance with uh, Kira Elam, and do we have a chance with uh, – I know everybody's saying it's a Georgia-Florida battle. Uh, do we have a chance with – I know – do we have a chance with Emerson, and do we have a chance with Williams? Those those, are, those were the DBs, I mean. Williams, yeah. Um, I feel good about Emerson. I think they have a decent shot with Williams. I, I do not think they're going to get Elam. What about George Pickens? You think George Pickens is a long shot too, right? The I think so. From uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think yeah. so. I think so. And, and and let me ask you this question. Uh, I was looking at our offensive line. I think that I like the and I'm this is my last comment. I like the the uh, transfer portal for the reason that you're getting a much more mature player a much more physically developed player, and it gives you the added chance of letting some of the younger players develop. That's what yep. you go to that portal for. You go to that portal to give yourself some more time to get these guys to develop, and I think that that's something that Chris Bogle needs to, needs to take into account is that you can't go somewhere if you're not physically developed to play immediately. If you're not physically developed, to play immediately, it's a dead end for you. And then once yeah. it's a dead end for you, the worst thing that you can do is put yourself out there before you're physically ready to uh, to play. 
I remember that running back, Cameron, uh, our running back this year. I watched him Ken fumble Davis. a ball in the game. Yeah, yeah. I watched him fumble a ball in the game. And the real reason, the guy didn't do anything special to get the fumble. But that guy was just a lot more physically developed than him. And some of those guys are not physically ready to hit the field, especially the guys at the line of scrimmage. At the line of scrimmage, you need grown men. And yeah, Chris Fogle needs he, he Chris Fogel needs to come to Miami and redshirt, much less Alabama. He needs yeah, to come to Miami to and redshirt. Yeah. He really does. And I think I think because when you look at it, Jafari gonna have a better chance to contribute because first of all, he's gonna know the playbook and next of all, he's gonna be much more physically developed than Chris Bogle is. And is, you know, yeah. and then on top of it, I think mentally and with his attitude, his attitude is right to make an impact next year. And those that's what those young players are seeing is that, you know, if you that's what Manny Diaz is really trying to do. Hey, let me buy some time. You know, buy these guys some time. And I think the biggest thing for us next year is when you look at how big of a jump those offensive <laughs> linemen that class of 2018 is going to make. If that class of 2018 offensive linemen make a big jump, then it's no telling where we could be. You know, we could get to Charlotte, and even if we do well enough, we could still qualify to get in the game. It's going to be difficult to be a seasoned Clemson team, but the biggest key is how Reed developed, how, how, how the rest of those offensive linemen that they took in 2018 – how physically developed they are because if they can provide us with key that offensive line and they really put push those guys to get better, then if we get better at the line of scrimmage, the sky's the limit for us. We got enough skilled players to play with guys and then we get the scheme right, you know, we can make a dramatic turnaround, you know, from what we have, but we just need some time. Hey look, thank you for having my taking my call and I want you to put me on hold, man, and I'm looking forward to National Sign Day. Hopefully we can find some good surprises. All right, Port City. Thanks for being part of the show as always, man. Appreciate it. Let's go to 302. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? It's Butter P. Hey, what's up, Butter P? How you doing tonight? Hey, what do you got for us? I'm good. I was uh, listening to the callers and checking everything out. Uh, I wanted to start with the FSU fan who said was uh, – Miami just content with one of the coastals that all we wanted. And um, I'm going to go out and say that that's the perception because they see what all the other universities are doing or have done. And they also did it with Jimbo Fisher. You know what I mean? They got their guy, although he left. We -hmm. also can't compete with big state money. Make no mistake, it's no coincidence that the playoffs have been big money state schools. So that's another reason that Miami – you know, we the U, we kind of down because those, the guys with the facilities, the money, whatever's necessary, if you want to say they're doing a little extra, like you said, we can't, we wouldn't be able to compete. Like you said, it would be, uh, they would be on us like flies on, if any inkling of anything happened down there. In Miami, we did try, we, when we opened the books for Rick, who was the most decorated coach we ever hired, and it still didn't work. And I was thinking to myself, you know, the one guy said uh, Mario had left to be something on the Miami staff. I said, well, if they thought Mario was the guy any time at some point, we could have did what Florida State did and made him a coach in waiting. 
You understand what I'm saying? It, yeah. But, but, you know, but you know what? I mean, that guy is – he's developing his career fine. He doesn't, he doesn't need to be the coach in waiting or whatever. He's, what he's doing for, is, is great for him. He's, you know, he, he put his few years of at in at Alabama. Now he's the head coach at Oregon. And, you know, he's fine. He's, he's, he's on a good career track. And if he's successful at Oregon, he might get the Alabama job when Nick Saban retires. So he's, he's doing okay. But, hey, getting to just to circle to your original point, which I thought was good, you know, something that I thought was a really good sign in that regard was today when, um, when the word – started to filter out and they haven't announced it officially yet or anything, but that Manny was hiring this Todd Stroud guy who's going to come in to a newly created position. Uh, he's going to kind of evolve as a, an assistant to the head coach. And this is a guy, if you look at his resume, I mean, he's a veteran coach. He's been at several different programs. He's, he's developed guys that went into the NFL draft, um, he, um, you know, Mario Williams um, at North Carolina State and a couple other guys at NC State. And uh, he was a strength coach for 20 years. So he knows what things are supposed to look like in a weight room. And um, just, this is just like an extra guy. This is this is an ex- extra guy that's not even going to have a position or anything. That's just going to be part of the program uh, and, and overseeing things. I mean, he's coached. Uh, defensive line and and um, just been around at a lot of different schools. He's he's been at uh, Florida State. He's been at Auburn. Um, he's been at NC State, like I said, back at Florida State, uh, Colorado State, and then the past several years he's been at Akron and in, in, in different roles. But uh, I thought that was a good sign that that Miami is creating the budget. To ha- have an extra guy in the building, just an extra guy oh. with, with with some football expertise that is an extra set of eyes and has a different set of opinions and things like that. So I, I thought that was really good. I like it as well because from what you're saying, sounds like a guy uh, who's um, – oh, sounds like a CEO, basically. You understand what I'm saying? A guy that's been a lot of places, knows what the program should look like as far as from the coaching side, he's a strength coach can take different ideas from other universities of what worked, what didn't work, and try to implement them here. And let me talk about – Yeah, I would say COO. The head head coach would be the CEO. I would say this is like having a COO. Yeah. Now, I support Manny Diaz 100%. And I don't know about that happy sunshine, whatever you all say. Here's the thing. I'm 42 years old. Sunshine pumper. (laughs) Sunshine pumper. This is why – Yeah, that's the term. Sunshine pumper. I supported every coach. Now I've been fortunate because in my lifetime, you know, I, I, you know, um, Coach Lou Saban was way before me. I'm only 42, so I was young when Howard won the first. I, then I went to Jimmy, then I went to Erickson, then we went to Butch, went to Cokerson. I seen them all, so I've been kind of spoiled. For, I've been kind of spoiled coming up watching the coaches win. And I've always supported whoever because I support the University of Miami. So I'm down with Manny Diaz 100%. Now, here's the thing. What are the odds of a school, a school like Miami, as a matter of fact, that will be wrong with Shannon, that will be wrong, let's say, Coker, Shannon, Golden. And Rick just retired. He lost lost the desire. You understand? This is the University of Miami, like you said. What are the odds of that happening? It has to get right somewhere. You understand what I'm saying? So I'm believing because the new energy 
you know, a lot of coaches, when the new coaches come in, they have that energy. I don't know if Rick brought the same kind of energy that Manny is bringing from the beginning right now. You understand what I'm saying? We, as a fan base, were hyped. We were ready because of what we came from under Golden. But we had just, if we remember, Rick had talked about retiring. You understand what I'm saying? So it was a possibility that he would have sat out. He was kind of ready to sit down. And I thank him for coming and getting the IPF and did make a nice little turnaround. You understand what I'm saying? But I think Manny is bringing uh, a re-energized, enthousi- some enthusiasm. It, the energy seems different through this hire. You understand? Now, people will say that the hire was fast. We didn't do a national search. That may be true. But let's say, uh, let's use a guy like Enos. Enos is really respected. You understand? That was a pretty good hire. Now, like you said, all the hires aren't who everybody thought they would be. But if we can get the offensive side of the ball correct with Enos and, and the guys he has and let Manny and his guy can completely run the D, I think we can make some noise. Because, honestly, this recruiting class may be a wrap coming from 42. It may be a wrap this year. But the reason we will win in recruiting, we will have to win on the field this year, showing that, showing that although Manny Diaz is a new coach, Oh, man, look at the offense they ran this year. The offense made an improvement. So if if recruits and parents and people can see improvement, I think that's when we will begin to win the recruiting battle again. Mm-hmm. No doubt. All right, man, well, thank you for calling in and being part of the show. Thank you. Keep me on hold. Yep, we'll talk to you next time. Let's go to the 786. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, how are you, my friend? Doing great. Who's this? Five, baby. What's going on, man? What you think? Oh, uh, man, I just just, uh, just came late from my granddaughter's uh, softball practice, so I'm running late today. But um, I, I just had so much to tell you, and, and I'm running late, but I wanted to at least express a few things. Uh, I'll keep it brief. Uh, number one, uh, people have been talking about Mark tonight. Um, and some people have totally dismissed his contributions. You know, I was very critical of him this year, a little bit last year, and I've always made this statement to you. And I never, I never waned from it one time. He was the right guy at the right time that he had served his purpose. And I said that several times over the last 14, 15 months. If you go back through all my threads, all my posts, I've always said that. He was never willing to incorporate and infuse himself with what the modern day top-tier blue blood programs do, and that's to have three, four, five, six, seven guys on staff that just sit there and, and, and perform a role in a duty, which is just breaking film down, which is just uh, going through analytics, all those things. He's finally, he was he was so stubborn, and he did it his way, and I don't think he lost interest in coaching. They came down to one thing. He couldn't fire his son. Look at look at all those young quarterbacks that were there while his son was here. None of those kids grew in two years. And that's a no, telling it's, sign. It's a disaster. That's a telling sign of someone totally failing. And if for some reason you don't think that everybody in that staff knew what was going on, all of you guys are mistaken, sadly mistaken. It came no, down did. to that, Gary. It, it, that's the they whole did. thing here. And, 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 and the IPF was never a consideration by Donna Shalala, not even on an official wish list for the athletic department, and I know that for a fact. So for people to say that is totally ludicrous. 
he got things done. He served mm-hmm. his purpose, and his contribution was essential to this program taking that step forward, becoming somewhat relevant again. Now we take a major step back, and what does he do? As gracious and as honorable as the man that he is, whether he's a Christian or not, which he is, a devout one, all he did was step down and, buddy, he's getting he's not getting paid. He's done. He left mm-hmm. everything on the table. That's a man. That's a real man. And that's an example for everybody to look at and say, if you're going to coach, if you're going to be in charge of the young man, a young man's life, that's how you have to lead, by example. I don't agree with everything he did, but at the end of the day, let's not totally, uh, you know, turn a blind eye to what this guy did here. Cause he did a no, lot he, of he did. He taught the University of Miami what it takes to be in the, in the, in the college football business today. He did. They had to pay and, him and, more money. They had to pay the staff more money. They had to invest in an indoor practice facility. They had to improve the nutrition programs, the strength programs, every program. They had to hire a psychologist. He taught the University of Miami what it took to compete in college football today. Manny was critical in doing the little things that blew up, that, that, that basically was all the ice and stuff on the cake, but he was also laying the foundation at the same time in terms of this is what relevant programs do today. That combination was critical in, 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 in us taking that step last year, uh, last year. And what he's doing now is exactly what you have to do. You've got to totally create a brand new program, a brand new staple, a brand new brand, brand new, okay? And you've got to make it somewhat, not just legitimate, but badass. You've got to create that swag. You've got to bring back that toughness. You've got to start doing those things to say, hey, we're Miami. We're the new Miami, but we're still Miami. We're going to kick your ass. And that mentality is what helps this program get back to being relevant. Okay, those kids, I mean, they were all recruited by Hal Gold, most of those kids on defense. What happened? You got a new guy came in there and, and Manny, and he, like you said, her, he learned from his mistakes. He adapted, he matured, and the only way you can become a better anything in life is when you fail. And he failed a while, but he always kept on growing, and he's the right guy now to lead this program. Is he my first choice? No. Mario has always been my first choice and will always be my first choice. And hopefully I'm proved wrong. Hopefully in five years he is our offensive line. How about offensive line coach? How about that, okay? But at the end of the day, what Manny's doing is not just he's not just changing the culture, he's changing the mindset of these kids. Someone mentioned earlier, hey, when you get involved with these grad transfers, it can blow up in your face. Well, not really, because when you get the five star kid, if he doesn't play away right away, you know, okay, for a year you can buy some time. But look at the kid from California that played defensive line here, DJ Johnson. Couldn't hang. Couldn't hang and left. So you're always gonna deal with that. The guys that are here right now, you're gonna see four or five guys after spring ball, move elsewhere. They're not going to stay. And there are kids, some of the kids that we recruited. That is the basic turnover reality of college football, major college football. And it might be Derek Smith or somebody else that says, hey, this isn't for me. This is BS. I'm not, I'm not getting my chance. Competition is going to breed a higher level, a higher standard. But it's every day holding everybody accountable. I still don't agree in bringing Jeff Thomas back. You guys are going to you know, think I'm nuts. I don't. 
because he's he's always had a history of being all about him. So the first class he misses, the first workout he goes half-assed, if there isn't a new octagon in that locker room for them to take care of the business as they used to do back in the day, then he's gonna, you know, he's he's either gonna create the same ways, or hopefully he'll be he'll be he'll be cut off. And I hope Manny understands if that happens, he's got to get rid of his ass. Because the bottom line, that is a major part that negativity, that selfishness, that me me me, and it's not a new thing. This kid's a troubled kid. I mentioned the people that I know in East St. Louis told me all about him. And that guy's been there forever. He, he passed away about three or four months ago, but that guy's been there forever. So he knows every kid in East St. Louis, including Jackie, Jordy, Kersey, and her parents. Okay? That kid is not going to get any better. Hopefully, he's able to buy in and suck it up and do what he's got to do. You know, I never thought Gerald Willis was going to do what he did this year, but he did it. So hopefully, that's going to happen. Well, that's the only major question I have is, 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 is him bringing back Jeff. But going forward, now we're looking at recruiting. My biggest kid that he has to get, the high school kid that he has to get, I mean, to me, it's one kid on the offensive side of the ball, and that's Mark Anthony Richards. I know we're way behind the thing we have going for us, even though he was very tight with Thomas Brown. The one thing we do have going for us, you've got a kid that is from this area, that's now being – is going to be now the position coach or is the position coach. The guy is one hell of a coach. He's a very articulate young man. He's a sharp kid, and he worked under some of the best head coaches in college football. I think that Hickson guy has a good shot of, of, of getting this guy to consider us, and hopefully the visit will swing things. If Enos is very smart, he will let that kid know that he is a must-get for us. Not just a get, a must-get. That kid has to understand that offensively, not only is he going to get touches next year, he's going to have a chance to win a ball game or two for us. That's got to be made clear as to how critical he is to our success offensively. You've got to sell the best-looking kid that's out there right now that you know can play at this level. You've got to sell him. You've got to do everything you can to get that kid. And on the defensive side of the ball, Gary, it's not Bogle for me. You know, for me, it's not Bogle. Bogle, I, I don't want Bogle. I really don't. I don't think he's. I don't. I don't think he is a true competitor. I think he's a kid that's been catered to, has talent, but at the end of the day, you look at that kid, scrawny shoulders, very narrow shoulders, athletic as can be, but man, we get nicked up a lot. And there's a reason why Alabama is going to gray shirt him. That's the message that, hey, bud, you're, you're not, you know, in top consideration here. And they're, they're recruiting a kid out of Texas now who's a defensive end, defensive tackle. He does not project in their defense, and he's not fast enough laterally to be a linebacker in their defense. That's a oops. That kid's going to end up, in my opinion, at Tennessee or Florida, but he, will not, he won't be here, and I don't want him here because I don't think he's what we need. You need guys that want to come and play where it's dire, it's their last chance. If the kid from Virginia Tech comes, I think that kid has nothing but great opportunity to come here and dominate. Um, quick first step, great hands, very explosive, has a good football IQ. And the one thing that we know for sure he doesn't like, he doesn't like his teammates giving up on shit. He, does, you know, he, he wants to hold his guys accountable. Did it the wrong way at Virginia Tech, but that's, that was the intent. 
the kid from UCLA had just committed to us. Again, another guy that has to have a great year. Those guys like Willis, when it's right there, and this is their last chance, Gary Simpson did prove that he's able to take those guys and do something with them. I'm not a big fan of the development of some of the young guys that I haven't seen they've developed. He's only been here a year. But I'll take an old dog like that with Simpson coaching them, and I think they're going to be productive. Now, I could be totally wrong, but I feel pretty good about that. But, you know, essentially, do we end up in the top 35? Well, you, you, yeah, I mean, the bottom line is you can't have a team with two safeties anyway. Like, they needed more quality players. Across the board, you need them. Absolutely. I mean, we, we, hell, we need to get to 85. We're finally going to hopefully get to 85. I don't care at this stage. What class there is, we're the 11 dogs or the next four dogs. That gives me 15 dogs. Let's go. That's what you need to win because we, with somehow, some way, all these guys that Golden recruited that Manny's had for the last two or three years, they became dogs. It's the mentality, and every day in practice, it's there, and every day in the weight room, it's there. You know, I, I don't know how good this strength coach was that we had a real nice guy, met him. Um, the second year that he was here, I met him, really enjoyed the conversation with a great guy. Uh, Braxton's a big fan of his. I mean, he's a good person. I just don't think our our, our trench guys got better with him. I mean, they, didn't, they just didn't get bigger and stronger. Somehow, Joe Johnson got better because he, he started physically maturing. I don't know if it was just, you know, a combination of nutrition and a basic strength program, but what guys can you tell me flourish the defensive line or the offensive line other than really, you know, Willis this year and McIntosh the year before. McIntosh played his best ball last year. So, with mm-hmm. that, Gary, I'm hoping this new strength coach can come in and do some great things, cross the board, everything Manny's done. Uh, I mean, we'll see. We'll see if they've been the right moves. But I will tell you this, and this is my last take. I mentioned to you how critical when you first come in as a head coach how critical the decisions that you that you make in terms of your staff, they will make you and they will break you. And so far, I can't tell you one negative thing that I see or potential thing that I see other than we win 13 games next year and Enos and his offensive staff is, is maybe gone. That's the only thing I can tell you that might happen. Of this offense, but, he didn't have, he, but he didn't have a choice. You didn't have hey, a choice. That's, if, okay. if, if, that's a problem I'm willing to deal with. Yeah, Enos, Enos wanted a couple of his guys. And that's, you know what, though, Gary? If that's only going to happen if, he, if we win 11, 12, 13 games and, and are in the top 25 or top 10, yeah, I was going to lose that guy. But, you know, that depends on him wanting to go to a, you know, a, a non-Power 5 school to be a head coach. He's done that before. Will he do that again? You know, is he going to go to a school like a Wake Forest or a Vandy? I mean, those might be the options he has next year. But it's just something that it's a it's somewhat of a risk. But that's the only negative that I see with Manny's decision making so far with regards to his staff. I mean, the biggest thing I see is he is he is almost taking the blueprint Michigan has that Alabama has, that the major SEC powerhouse house programs have, and he's bringing it here. If you get five or six guys, you bring them in. You give them a job. Dallas Crawford is going to be a major help. I can tell you that right now. Mm-hmm. Talk about a kid that did it in all three phases of the game, you know, played offense, played defense, was a stud on special teams, just wasn't very fast. 
So I, I think he's doing everything that every contemporary program that's an elite situation has done. My only concern is when we're done with recruiting, does he keep the recruiting coordinator who was the guy that had the issue with Coach Hool? Because that guy does have a bit of an ego. And that guy is really good at what he does, but that guy is not a coach. And is he going to be able to fit into what Manny wants? I think so. You were, I mean, I think so. You, were, huh? you reported this years ago when the issue was two years ago with Cool. He did not, they did not get along well. Not that Cool's a no, world But that, but that was coach. Cool's fault. That was Cool's fault. Cool, cool wasn't getting it done the way he needed to. I guess at this point, we we just have to embrace the change, support it. But I I haven't even renewed my season tickets yet, Gary. And it's the twenty second of January. But you're going to, right? <laughs> I'm still debating, to be honest with you. Yes. Yeah. So, All right, man. I'm still the thirty first, but I'm still debating. I do feel a lot better tonight after getting the defensive tackle. I was afraid that Florida was going to get in there, uh, and talk about a program that was on cloud nine for the last three weeks. All of a sudden, Mullen starts losing all of the assistance to, to other SEC schools. How about that, huh? Hmm. Hopefully our guys who stick here, stay here, and keep the best home. Gary, be well. God bless. All right, man. Let's go, Kevin. Thanks for sharing your wisdom. Appreciate it. Talk to you next time. Let's go to the 251. You're on Kane Sport Live. Yeah, off on Kane. Yeah. What's up, man? What you got um, for us? Quick. Yeah, quick question. Um, well, not really a question. I think the transfer portal for us is going to be big because, you know, um, we're short on numbers. And, you know, yep. with me being in Mobile, I'm dealing with dealing with these Alabama fans. I'm actually on a group chat with a Florida and a Florida State fan. We argue all day about this. But at the end <laughs> of the day, I think as far as the, the, the uh, coaching staff we got, to get the players in Miami or anywhere, you got to win first off. And we've just mm-hmm. not been a consistent winner enough to get them, you know. I don't think we need to stop recruiting you guys. I think we just got to win, and I think that's why Manny Diaz is doing what he's doing because first thing first, you got to win. Yeah, I think, what like, in an ideal have? world, you're you're taking one or two transfers a year, you know, if things yeah. are right. I mean, the, 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 the best way to – to build your program is still to do it the traditional way. But when you're sitting here right now in a situation where the recruiting class is, the, is a disaster, uh, you know, yeah. you're 42nd in the country. Yeah. This is a, this is a way to buy yourself time and, and you're bringing in three, four, five players that should be able to help you a lot next year. And that's, that's a lot, man. That, that's like, that's a big deal. Yeah. Because you look at it. If Kate Martell is not able to play this year, right? You will have three top 100 players so far. Well, I think so far between the running back, Tate Martell, and um, I can't think of it. There might be two if Tate Martell don't be able to play. That will be even, there next year, you know, to add depth to that team. And one more Even thing, if I he cannot like, play, even if he can't play next year, think about how much better he just makes the quarterback room. Uh, just by but just by being out there and pushing those guys, think about how much better he makes the scout team. Yeah, I think I think he's gonna be able to play though. I mean, I just got a feeling like he wouldn't risk that transfer 
If he didn't well, yeah, he would because he wasn't going to play at Ohio State. Justin Fields was going to play. He was not yeah, going to play I there. I think he would have transferred some. I think he would have transferred somewhere else. Though. That, that's what I yeah, think. Yeah, but this, but mean, this, this is a good option for him. This yeah, program like fits his personality. He's a little bit of a nut, you know. He's got a, you know, he's he's a little cocky, and that kind, you know. I mean, uh, this program kind of fits we need his personality. Though, yeah, if he as long as he performs, he's got to perform. Yeah, we but, yeah. need that back. I mean, and you know, like people, you know, like like I said, I got these two idiot friends that I argue with all day. The Florida guy, you know, he's with the same thing. Uh, you can't build your team out transfer. This is the first year of this transfer portal. We don't know. How you can build a team off this, you know? I mean, because, hell, like next year, you know, Florida's got a top 10 class. I said, it's going to be four or five off that that class that's going to transfer after the year. So we don't know how you can build a team with transfers because this is the first year of it being the way that it is. I mean, you know, I look at it kind of like how Calipari, when he first came in with the one-year players, you know, Coach Caden wasn't getting a one-year player. They didn't want to do that. But they had to adjust. And I'm, I'm thinking Manny Diaz is going to be the one that's going to lead us to that. And I, I'm pretty sure next year and the years to come, this transfer portal thing is just going to be a whole lot more than, than just Miami, in a sense. But uh, but I, I think um, I think we're going to be okay, though. I think at, at yeah. the end of the day, more than getting high recruiters and all, you got to win. Because, like, to be honest, in that division that we're in, we should win 10 games every year. Every year, we should win 10 games. If we win no that, doubt. We'll have a better shot with guys. You know, but, like, when they see Miami struggling with Duke, and all, yeah, they're not going to want to go there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's just by No. Yeah, no question. It's not beautiful you, down in, in Tuscaloosa, Gary. promise you that. But you got to win, though. But that's all I have for tonight. No question, man. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate your call. All right, no problem. Let's go to the 917. You're on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, what's up? BK Hurricane. What's up, BK? What you got for us tonight? Oh, what's going on, man? I got on late, man. I don't. I, I really don't know what the hell's going on. Okay. Just, I just wanted to call and support the show. You know, I always try to call in. All right. Support the Thanks. show and stuff like that. But but one quick question, though. Um, do you think uh, Bogle is basically ending up with us because of what's going on in Alabama, or is it because he really wants to come to Miami? The first time I ever talked to Chris Bogle and the word Miami came up, his face lit up. There was no doubt in my mind that day that Chris Bogle was coming to Miami. And a lot has happened. It's been a couple of years now, and a lot has happened, and and Miami didn't hold up its end of the bargain, and he got, you know, caught up in the limelight of being recruited by Alabama, and you know, let's face it, that's the most successful college football program of of of, of our modern day, and but I still think that at the end of the day here in a couple of weeks, when he has to really do it, that there's a pretty good chance he flips to Miami. I really do. Because really? I think that's where he I think that's where he's wanted to be all along. And it fits him so much better. I just don't see him as I just don't think he's an SEC player. And I think he has to know that. He has to know that. He he's been to all these camps and games and all-star situations and he's had a chance to size himself up and up against these you know the top 
players in the country. And he has to know in his head that the SEC is not the best place for me. And, you know, this is my opinion, but I, I just think that there's a decent chance that he flips back to Miami. Yeah, okay. So, so um, what are the odds you think that Tate Martell will get his uh, waiver? Uh, I mean, we talked about this earlier. I, I would be surprised, to be honest with you, just because of the can yeah, of worms that opens. And and I don't see how thing. the NCAA can allow essentially free agency to come into college football where guys leave one school and play at another school the next year. I mean, that. think about that. <laughs> and think about right, yeah. what would be going on out there if they do that. And I just right, I don't I would, know that I, I don't think they'll do it. No, I don't think he's going to get it either. Okay, last question. Like with the transition right over to the new coaching staff and things of that nature, I'm I'm more excited to see what happens with this strength and conditioning coach we had because I was never really that impressed with what I was seeing from these young athletes on the field with with what Gus Felder was doing to them or or for mm-hmm. them helping them you know transition over into you know college life they just weren't necessarily looking the part you know mm-hmm. and I don't know much about this I don't know much. I've heard good things I don't know about much him. About this guy, but I hope I've, that he could whip these boys into shape. Yeah, I've heard good things about him. I don't think anyone's running around saying, "Oh, he's the best strength coach in the country" or anything like that. He's he's a younger guy, you know, still up and coming and all that. But um, I've heard good things about him. So we'll see. So we'll do you see think how he does. get the little better results than what we were getting with uh, Felder? And that's Hopefully. not a knock on Felder, but I don't think for a major D1 program like Miami. You know, I, don't, yeah, I, I, don't I, I never looked at it and said Felder's the problem. You know, I really didn't. Right. But, you know, you, obviously Manny wanted his own guy. I mean, yeah, there's, yeah. A, a strength coach is such an important hire. And I think it was smart of Manny to want his own guy. Okay, all right. All right, Gary, that's it. That's all I got this week, but uh, I'll catch you in next year. <laughs> in um, no, 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 no. We'll or, do a show. Have, be, uh, we'll we'll, we'll do show. some type of – yeah, we'll have some type of show before uh, – the night before signing day, I'm sure. All right, cool, cool. I'll make sure I get on early that day. All right, Gary, thanks a lot. All right, man. Have a great night. Thank you. Let's go to the 706. You're on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? It's your boy, Sebastian. I didn't think I was going to get on. You don't give brothers a heads up. You're on, man. Let's uh, let's do it. You. We're gonna catch you next year. Let's let's make it happen. No, man. Let's right do now. let's do this. What oh, you got? So, dude, I'm pent up, man. So much has happened. I missed so much of the show. Uh, I'll just I'm just gonna ramble because I you know. Well, I don't the, good, the good the good the good the good thing is I'll have the, I'll have the podcast up at like five or ten <laughs> after eleven. So. Okay, sounds like a plan. <laughs> you could you could go first, back first, and listen. First thing, yeah. Uh, yeah, I appreciate it, Gary. First thing, you know, look. At the end of the day, I think Manny was a good hire compared to what was out there. Um, I do believe Blake James's uh, job is on the line because if Manny doesn't work out, you know, you can imagine how that's going to turn around and look. But um, I'm gonna be optimistic. I'm gonna say that it is. So here's so what are some things Manny's done differently that I think has been helpful. One, I hate that he had to get rid of the whole entire offensive staff, but I guess what he wanted was he wanted to make sure that our identity doesn't resemble anything of what it looked like the last year. And believe it or not, I think that's strategic. No one's going to have film on us. Nobody's going to know any of our tendencies. 
And it gives players who have maybe been buried down the depth chart an opportunity to really excel because there's going to be wide open competition. The only thing that I think that we're really, really lacking that I'm concerned about that doesn't give me complete optimism for next year is I don't think we've addressed anything in regards to our offensive line. We got the grad transfer in, but um, unless we make a couple of other moves with maybe like another grad transfer or whatnot, I still think that we're going to struggle in that area, and that really gives me pause. So no matter who's on the center, who's, who's, on, uh, who's going to be the quarterback next year, I don't think that's fixed. And so between now and spring practice, that's the only thing I'm really focusing on because if we don't do that, we're going to be a seven, eight-year, seven, eight-game uh, uh, win, win season for next year. But so some of the things that I think Manny has done, he is smart as far as really maximizing his transfer portal because most of the big fishes that were out there, they're gone. And trying with this early signing day period or whatnot, trying to build those relationships, trying to go after some of those kids is really not going to happen. So going after some of these older guys that are a lot more physically fit, uh, more developed, uh, that are hungry, wanting to prove something, is great. Great. The other thing I think Manny's doing, too, is I think he's sending a lot of message to a lot of these South Florida kids. I got sick and tired over the last four years of all these kids leaving us at the altar. And when they did, we had no backup plan. And it was just a tendency year over year, year over year, we would sell ourselves out for a kid that we thought we were going to get, but then will leave us high and dry. So all these kids from all over now want to come play for us. And I think that's a good message he's singing to send to a lot of these South Florida kids because we really need to stop wasting our times on the zippers and the summer fields, summer alls, and all that other stuff. We don't need to well, do that. Yeah, but, I mean, for a long time, it looked like Zipper was coming to Miami. I mean, he freaking played the game Gary, to Gary, the T. I mean, Gary, you, you, Gary, Gary you're, selling, you're selling us pipe dreams, man. He was never coming to Miami. But he, he but never, he, like, he, it was, but he made Gary, it seem he like he was. I understand that. But what I'm saying is that's why I like these grad transfers. You got to send a message to some of these kids that you can't keep leaving me at the altar. Alabama pulls scholarships away from kids all the time. They'll sell their soul for them, but we cannot, we can't invest all that money in a Michael Johnson, the only quarterback, and get nothing. We can't put all our money in a Tyreek Stevenson. I mean, he's visited us what twenty-five times over the last two years. I mean, why? Yeah, I, I don't. I agree with with, with, with this to a degree. I mean, it, it's like. These kids, I mean, it's just unbelievable that that kid put Miami through what he put Miami through and and then went to Georgia. It's like he knew all along he was going to Georgia. He knew all along he was going to Georgia. Sebastian, this happens every damn time. It's like, you know, when I, when I, I always thought he was going to Georgia because if him and his mom are going to take the time and the effort to get in a car in South Dade County, and drive up to Athens for a weekend visit, unofficial visit. If they're going to that degree, the kid's going to school there. It should tell you something. And the, and the thing that the thing about Tyreek Stevenson is, I mean, if Miami was your second choice, but you really knew that you were going to go to Georgia, don't disrespect them. Don't put us on national. It's TV the hometown team. Out there. Exactly. I mean, if you want to go, if you want to leave. You if you want to leave, town, leave. I totally agree with no, you. Don't, Just leave. Don't, 
Yeah, don't do, don't yeah. do that. I mean, that, so that, so I know I ain't got a lot of time, but that's the point. That's why I like this transfer. But Sebastian, you, you know who the onus is on to change that? You know who the onus is on to change that? The coach. It's on the university. It's on the University of Miami. It, it's the coach. It, that's get back, yeah, and and the head coach, and you got to get back to being the type of program that won't be disrespected. So, so you won't get every you, you like, won't you I'm won't gonna, get every kid. You're not going to get every kid, but they're not going to disrespect you. Here, 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 here's what I learned, Gary. I don't want you to cut me off because I got two more other things I want to say. It's the power of walking away. The power of walking away. It's like when like when you chase a girl, she's going to have a lot less interest in you than if you just walk away. It's being able to walk away. The strongest negotiating position is to walk away and don't look back. Some of these kids, you just got to walk away and don't look back. I'm telling you, and that's why I love him going out and getting some of these other kids because we don't need to go through any more recruiting years where we're flirting with a guy. Like, we don't need no Zippers, Summerall's, and Stevenson, and Josh Jones. We don't need none of that no more. You're going go, to you're gonna, you're gonna come or we're going to move on. And there will be a lot of coaches in South Florida saying, you did my kid wrong and all this other stuff, but we've been burnt too many times to go through that. And I'm going to get off my soapbox about that. So going into going into next year, there's going to be a lot. I think the level of competition at the quarterback position is going to elevate, and I'll tell you why. Bringing in all these other kids to know that the job is wide open and nobody's promised nothing with a whole new coaching staff, the key is let's win on the practice field. Because if we can show we can win on the practice field, then it will translate into the game. And I think that's going to be so important. I'm concerned about our numbers in regards of how many teams, how many kids we're going to have on scholarship because we should be acquiring people left and right. It's about winning now. And if we do what we need to do to win now, I think that's going to be very helpful. I missed the beginning part of the show, so you got to catch me up on the recruiting end in regards to what do you think that's out there that we're going to get and what do you think we don't have a shot on? And then you can just keep me on hold because we're going to have another show before um, signing day. Is that right? Yeah, let, yeah, let's do that on the next show because i got three guys that still want to get on tonight. And uh, okay. so I don't, I don't want to go on and on about recruiting. This, you know, there's, there's, there's so much that's going to evolve here. But um, well, well, just, well, just, well, just, tell, well, just tell me this, I'm a, and I'll go after this. Talk to me about that number one defensive kid from UCLA that went game of football that came back. Do we have a good shot on him? The deep, the deep tackle? And we'll the defensive tackle? Yeah, the defensive the de- well, no, the tackle. Chigozi? Yeah, no, no, no. Oh, no, that's, that one's nonsense. But the, the defensive tackle, I think, just committed. So, yeah, or, the yeah, he tackle just, committed. What about that defensive yeah. end? We don't have a shot at him? That I don't think that's real. No. End? No, I think that, I okay. think that, one's, bo- that one's bogus. Okay. All right. Well, keep me on hold. Right. Look forward to your show in a couple of weeks before signing day, okay? You got it, man. All right, thanks. Have a great night. All right, I got three guys left on the board. We got five minutes of show, so we're going to go rapid fire. Uh, keep your points short. Let's go to the 251. You're on Kane Sport Live. Gary, what's going on, man? Doing great. Who's this? Caleb Diaz from uh, Daphne, Alabama. All right, man, talk to us real quick. Yeah, yeah, real quick. Look, I don't know what our chances are with uh, Christian Williams, man, but that'd be a huge get. Uh, and like the last caller was saying, I mean, these South Florida I think they're good. good, but you, yeah, you you get a kid with like Christian Williams, man. There's a bunch of ballers in Baldwin County, and I mean, those South Florida kids might not want to stay, and they go to Alabama, Georgia, whatever. But 
You bring a kid from Daphne, Alabama to Miami, man, it'll open up his eyes. So I'm hoping we got a good shot at him. Yep, I think they do. What else? Yeah, man. I appreciate all your patience, man, and uh, thanks, thanks for all that you do. All right, man. Thanks for calling in. Let's go to the uh, 916. You're on Kane Sport Live. 916. Going once, twice. All right, next time. Let's go to the 210. You're on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? It's Shaq, man. Hey, what's up, Shaq? Take us home. What you got? Hey, I'm all right. I'm all right, man. Um, um, first, I'm 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 gonna go back up to about three callers and the guy talking about Jeff Thomas, and and I understand you guys and what you're saying about that kid, but remember that this kid was in the locker room. No one could beat one-on-one coverage. He's looking around and he's saying the quarterback can't get me the ball. He's not accurate, and I'm dealing with all these scrubs in this locker room who don't care about winning, i.e. Hazelwood, uh, um, Hazelton, right? The, the uh, five star who um, who just went to Oklahoma, and mm-hmm. the the thing about it is that I love Diaz. You know, this is the first time in 15 years where we've hired a coach, and I actually say that I love this guy because this goes back to 2004, Barack Obama. The GOP didn't see him coming. No one sees Manny Diaz coming, and that thing that happened at Texas. As some been to D.C., the one thing about Texas players is that whenever they're high school seniors, they are topped out. Very seldom do they develop more. It, it just, it just. So he was being accused of running a scheme, and he and he was the fall guy. But if you look at Texas and and now Term Herman, he's going national. That class that he has, he has went outside of Texas to get kids. And so I think that Manny Diaz going to get us there even this year. I think that, that we get to Clemson in the AC championship undefeated. And I think that that game needs to be competitive. And I think we still get in. You know, I, 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 I like this guy. I like the, the energy. I like what he's doing. And when people talking about transfers, don't forget about that team that Alabama Got, um, 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 lost to Utah in the Sugar Bowl. Okay, Nick Saban came in and he was loaded with transfers, Mount Cody and um and Blaylock and a, a couple more dudes, and he set the foundation with those transfers because the guys that he had there couldn't play. So he went out and got transfers. So people talking about well, you know, uh, you you, you can't win with transfers. That that um 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 OT that we got in from Illinois, I think he got better. I mean, me from um um yeah, that's right. Uh, um uh, the uh, a DT he he got better as the year went on. Correct. Mhm. So I'm just saying to where I'm one of the positive callers tonight. Where I like everything that Manny's doing, and I think that we're looking forward to a good year. And hopefully I'll see you in Orlando at the uh, the, the Alco um, opening game against Florida. I'll be there. I'm out. I'll see. You. Okay. All right, man. Hey, thanks. Thanks for sneaking in. All right, guys. That's gonna do it for tonight. I want to thank everybody who called in. I thought it was a really good show. I mean, hey, the, we we pulled that off here in the middle of January. That was pretty good. I thought I, I thought really most of the calls tonight were really really good. We covered a lot of good topics. I want to thank Cecilian Oven once again for sponsoring our show. Uh, Six locations throughout South Florida. Go to SicilianOven.com. Uh, 
and uh, find one near you. If you haven't tried them yet after listening to me talk about them all fall, now is the time. Um, we will almost certainly have another show the night before signing day, and we'll, uh, we'll continue the conversation about what Mr. Manny Diaz is doing and, uh, and take a look at how the last pieces of the signing class are going to come together. So thanks again, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Thank <laughs> you.